love movies. Any comments about thousands of geeks dressing in costume and converging on one location to celebrate their love of comic books and movies are purely for entertainment purposes only. Isn't that right? Opening night of any Marvel movie. Yeah, you think that happens once a year. Not so much. You would think that happens on Halloween. Observation. Straight out of the big gate. A little observation for you. <laughs> yes. If you're, you're, wondering if with the show. If you're wondering if we're observant. A lot of that. Wonder no more. You know, the thing you left out, though, is that a bunch of overweight people in tight spandex. That is an overgeneralization. There are a lot of hot people in San Diego. That's true. And That's at the Guardians true. of the Galaxy. I'm hoping to get laid at the Guardians of the Galaxy line, <laughs> personally. <laughs> with yeah, my Star-Lord baby. jacket. I'm going to get it. Everything has expanded from people to number of people to to, ev- to everything. Yeah, it's all <laughs> it's huger than ever that place. And I'm going to talk about uh, Comic Con. It's amazing. It's its own Disneyland later in the show. Uh, but welcome to the movie showcast, everybody. Part of the vast and sprawling movie guys empire. How'd you get the beans up above the frame? <laughs> You've reached ground zero for all things movies and comedy. We bring the two together right here on our show every week with jokes, rants, sketches, characters, bits, special guests, and more as we broadcast from the Admirals Club in the heart of Burbank Airport's flyover zone. They don't stop making movies, so we don't stop making comedy shows about movies, which means you can get a new show every week. Basically, search The Movie Guys on the World Wide Webs, and we come right up. iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, Stitcher. And, of course, themovieguys.net, absolutely free. And we encourage you to subscribe where you can. And if you do, still no charge. And as Paul F. Tompkins says, if you're dissatisfied, please see the podcast bursar for a full refund. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Uh, You can also find our showcasts like the one you're listening to on a couple of internet radio stations, including WBAD.net, Fridays at 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 Pacific, and JonasMountRadio.com, Thursdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 Pacific. And from what I understand, they also... Do not charge. So basically, we're out there. I am your host for the hardest working podcast on the airwaves, Paul Preston, here with Lee Caius, Adam Witt, back in studio. And speaking of back Uh-oh. in studio, everybody, two months uh, away from the show, Karen Volpe has Look returned. Given big roses, and I should do some sort of walk. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm crying. Uh, tell the YouTube. Oh, I want the children of the world to, to be safe. Okay. <laughs> and I'm in a bikini too. Go to YouTube and check it out. Karen, you know that there were times where we had so to have I. two people in the in here to replace you. You realize that? Yeah. That is very exciting. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> we had that song, believe it or not, oh, uh, awesome. from Barry Mendel. It was the finale of Foul Play. Do you remember that? Movie? Yes! Oh my God. Like it was yes. a big deal back then. Like it was a new song or something. Yeah. Yep. You know? They always put a new song in those movies, and it was usually Barry Manilow or... Uh, Chevy Chase and Goldie Hawn? Yeah. Yes. They save the day. They get caught Comedy somewhere couple. on stage, and the stage comes up, ready to take <laughs> your chance. <laughs> and I was like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. That's that better than Celine Dion. Movie, though, was it? No. Seems no, like old times. That'd be a perfect name for a baseball oh, movie. Should have been. Movie mm. trivia. Um, oh, yes. What Friends Are For is the, is the closing song of Night Shift. <gasps> it is. You're yeah. right. Oh, wow. Yeah. They just recycled it. For and me. who plays an extra in that one of the frat guys that is now famous? Night Kevin Costner? Kevin Costner. Kevin yeah, Costner. That movie's full of gems. Did he play yeah. a dead frat guy? 
And that no. was big chill. Thank no, you. That was big chill. All right. Uh, well, if this all this talent weren't enough, mm. joining us in studio is this week's special guest, a self-proclaimed celebrity shapeshifter and creativity evangelist. Which I say because <laughs> that's that's a great thing to call yourself. Oh, thank you. A, thank a you. Creativity evangelist. That's what they are. Who's so. uh, he's created a veritable corporate and special event comedy empire. Not for nothing, he's brought some of his celeb impersonations to movies like Meet the Spartans and Disaster Movie. John D. Domenico is okay. with us in studio. Hey, it's John D. Domenico, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And I'm ready. Don't forget it. John, gets, you get a little Barry <laughs> Manilow, too. I get this. the same music you get. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, you, you've been gone longer, I guess. have been gone for years. Right. Uh, and as ever, uh, we'll be talking new releases. As Marvel makes August interesting, pr- proving quantity and quality go hand in hand, releasing a potential blockbuster in the Guardians of Gahul. Wait. Sorry, that's the uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Guardians of the Galaxy. And this week, the Guardians of the Galaxy go up against the Godfather of Soul. I think that's a movie we would all pay to see. You special. Your mama's on no account food. Daddy, too. But you ain't gonna be. One day, everybody gonna know your name. James, man. It looks like a musical biopic, so I can't wait to find out how James Brown fucked up his life and the lives of those around him. <laughs> my parents never told me everybody's going to know my name someday. I've never been given that kind of encouragement. Yeah. It's more like, hey, look, keep your head down, your mouth shut. If you're lucky, nobody knows who you are. I don't think he was either. I think 2020 is uh, hindsight or what? Uh, yeah. What is it? Hindsight is 20? Whatever. You see that in every one of these films, though. You're going to be a big star. Yeah. Right. No one ever Now that they're a big star, yeah, they say exactly. Well, and also the thing is, not only are they told by some knowing person in their life that they're going to be a big star but they're also much better looking in the biop yeah you yeah. know i was still looking at a picture of james brown today and he just had crazy going on that man playing him in the movie is gorgeous <laughs> that's uh 42 chadwick, chadwick boseman's a, he's a handsome oh, guy handsome chadwick bring yeah, the smooth. car around it's got a butler's <laughs> name right? <laughs> <Yeah>. really, <laughs> yeah, really? <laughs> handsome man mm-hmm. um so speaking of musicals, Karen's been away doing Pump Boys and Dinettes mm-hmm. up in uh, Sonora, California, at the Sierra Rep reviews. Theater. Yeah, we got really good reviews. People came out. They bust them in from San Francisco. Mm. Is that where they come from? Yeah, it's a Can't work release program. Wow, it but, is. but they're old sometimes, aren't they? That's a hell of a hike. Yeah, well, they, they it's a day trip. They go to Columbia, which is an old mining town, and they do some panning for gold. Maybe get themselves a a stogie, right? And then they bust them over to us. They watch the show, and then they go eat, and then they. Get, get them all tired out and bring them home. Get them all tuckered out. <laughs> tuckered was it food? Was it a dinner theater or was it a theater theater? No, they, uh, just a theater theater. Thank oh, okay. God. I can't imagine what these people would do if they were trying to serve food. <laughs> ah, lovely people, but I would not give them the ability. What we the, serve food. That was scary. Yeah. Uh, Sonora. Sonora. Actually, that's true. Four people who saw the show were waited on by me and the girl who played my sister, who are completely incompetent waitresses, and we would bring them pie, coffee, and water. And what was great was we had only certain times choreographed into the show, it's our tight show, to bring them this stuff. Well, sometimes they had lots of questions, which we would be like, we don't, okay, that's great. So I'd come over and I'd be like, hi, honey, I'm going to go get you some pie and some coffee. You want coffee? And really, all they have time to do is say yes or no. And they'll be like, yes. And the one lady said, I'd like iced tea. I went, all right, great. I'll, I'll be right back. Then, then I go do my line and leave for two songs. They're waiting for their grilled cheese. <laughs> they weren't trying to break the. They weren't trying to break character. My my granddaughter wants to be an actress. Oh, they always Does she be in this yes. show all the time. Right? They would say, "Are you really sisters?" I'm like, "Absolutely, we came out of the same vagina." 
But I mean, well, well, there's that. There's that. But you and know, we're you gonna can't. sing a song about it. Uh, we're gonna sing about it. <laughs> you can't sit there and give them a lot of information. So. Well, yeah. they, did they think they were ordering actual food? They would order off the menu. I would hand them a menu. <laughs> and they would get pie and water. Can I and get the egg white <laughs> omelet only, please? <laughs> and, and, of course, we would just order go, uh-huh, menu. great, okay. What yeah. Karen's not telling you is that they actually sent something back. They're like, this pie is stale. Oh, my gosh. It's plastic. <laughs> One night, I sing this song, and I was trying to be nice because the person who I normally am, that I would normally sing this one line to was um, suspiciously not gender specific so i I, no i didn't know uh later i learned it was a woman i didn't know if it was a man or a woman so i didn't want to bring a lot of attention to this person because when i sing this line i say there's no one's face i like so it's kind of like a diss on the person so i thought you know what i will be a good person and i will lean over to the woman who i know is a woman and sing it to her i just won't (laughs) sing it to the ambiguous person so as I lean over to do that, of course, I drop her water. I knock it all, all over the table. So now everybody's looking at the androgynous lady. And now I'm singing about I'm disaster ready to strike because I've gotten to that lyric. So being a waitress, I just went over and got a rag, kept singing to her, wiped her up, got her all cleaned up, finished the song. By the time it was over, I was back in. Everyone was very impressed by that, but I was very that embarrassed. Was great. This is an but, interesting way for you to do your time yes. as a as a wait staff, though, because you right. never have in real life. No. Yeah. And as an actor... You need to put in that time. Yes. So this is the best way to put it in. <laughs> right, because I'm getting paid to be an actor. Yes, and perfect. I got to live in a trailer. So I got to do everything that everyone in my hometown does. But <laughs> I got paid were, to pretend. Did you get arrested at any point? Just I, to knock oh, that one out, too? I should have. I spent a night in jail. Developed a drug addiction. <laughs> buy drugs from a guy who came up from New York City? Yeah. <laughs> is that a meth lab down the street? Oh, my God. I, I had meth heads walking by my trailer on the railroad tracks next to my trailer. I shit you not. And they would do their little crack cocaine or whatever with the pipe right outside. I took pictures and sent them to you. You and the director. I wish you wouldn't get yeah. involved. Just leave your window shut. <laughs> I Stop. did it. Snuck it out. I snuck a picture. I'd be out there turning the hose on them. <laughs> Anything to yell at. I can't wait to yell at people to get off my lawn. Well, I can't wait. get off the tracks. <laughs> you yeah. kids do your drugs somewhere else. Get out of here. Uh, it was good times. I have one question, Karen. Uh, yes. Was Pat wearing a fanny pack? No, but because that would have helped. That would have helped. No, I think that's the thing that really confuses you. <laughs> that androgenizes yeah, someone. Yeah, it completely yeah. desexes you if you're wearing a fanny pack. <laughs> pa- yeah, Pat, totally. uh, was You know what? It doesn't help when they're chunky. <laughs> Why are they chunky? Yeah. If they were skinny, I could get an idea well, of the frame. I couldn't right. get an idea. Might be man boobs, might be real boobs. Right. You don't know. Oh, I got her all wet. And so, that's uh, dirty. That wasn't what I meant. Yeah, that's not so scary. I got her all wet. Never Moving mind. on. Yes. Adam, so, so who won, Pump Boys <coughs> or Dinettes? Because I had a fiver on that with Lee. <laughs> the di- I went Pump Boys. It depends. If you mean um, how, who got the most tips, the Dinettes. <laughs> but the Pump Boys, I think they win because they had better songs. So. Yeah. Yeah, what pump are you going to do? Boys. What do they pump? <laughs> they were just... The uh, Dinettes. They were pumping us, <laughs> pretty much. Right there in the title. <laughs> All right. So clear. Yeah. Uh, without transition, I mentioned James Garner, who oh, passed away. I meant to mention this last week. Uh, Lee had brought it up because I know. I don't think we got to it. Last <coughs> we didn't get to it. No. So I want, even though it's been a week, I'd like to uh, talk briefly about. There is no bigger fan of Rockford than the man sitting in this room, Lee Caius. Thank you. Oh. I actually thought about driving up to Malibu and oh, kind of yeah. pouring a forty. I actually wouldn't be able to be a coffee. One of his favorite <laughs> breakfasts is, his one of his favorite breakfasts was coffee and tacos. He would uh, oh eat that out of a paper cup. But I didn't realize he had such a, a big movie career. 
but he had between yeah. Maverick and, and Rockford. And somebody else pointed out to me what a parallel Maverick and Rockford were, that they were basically the same Watch show. Cracking. Yeah, a guy who really didn't want to be the tough guy and was always trying to, you know, finagle his way out of situations, but, you know. Great with his lips, best, better with his fist. I grew up watching Maverick because my mom was in love with James Garner. Yeah, all women are. It's yeah. crazy. It doesn't matter what kind of guy you're into. He handles a lot of different spectrums. He's like official man-man, right? Yeah, he's, <laughs> no, he's a stand-up guy. I mean, he marched on Washington, and I mean, he did wow. everything, and he sued the studios, and he's one of the first people to win a case against the studios for oh, wow. residuals. I mean, he, this guy did like... Everything, and he smoked pot every day for fifty years. Oh, oh. yeah, <laughs> yeah. I hey, 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 hey. Are you sure about this? About the pot? Yes. Yeah. There's a quote from oh, him about man. smoking. Yeah, but yeah. Lee's starting to love him a little less. A little, Lee, Lee a it's li- not the 60s. That isn't for crazy heroin dealers and <laughs> okay. shit. And draft dodgers shine. and people who are making us lose the war. <laughs> it's just another thing. A little bit of the shines off the apple, but okay. <laughs> All right, well, let's uh, get on to our movies here. Uh, We know who guards the border using helicopter-mounted machine guns to protect us from buses of little kids. That's Texas Governor Rick Perry. (laughs) We know who guards us against body odor. That would be right guard. And we know who guards Whitney Houston. That would be the bodyguard. But who guards the galaxy? The Guardians of the Galaxy. That's who. Now, there this are is o- James Garner, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> there are over 500 billion galaxies in the known universe, so let's not get carried away here. Saving one in 500 billion galaxies is like rushing into a burning high-rise apartment building and saving only your cat. Guardians of the Galaxy is the latest offering from Marvel Studios, a name you ni- might recognize if you were a person currently breathing air on, in or around the Earth region. <laughs> Marvel's first non-sequel offering since Captain America the First Avenger takes place outside the Earth region and features an entirely new group of Marvel superheroes. Oh, wait, wait, I got this, Adam. All right, let's take a look at these guys. We have uh, Red Jacket Man with Laser Gun, right? Monster Face, uh, Skinny She-Hulk, I think. Is that Flash on steroids? And... Uh, Rocky Raccoon, I'm guessing. (laughs) Wrong on all counts, Paul. Oh, shit. The Guardians of the Galaxy are Star-Lord, the galactic outlaw, Gamora, the green-skinned assassin, the maniacal Drax the Destroyer, Rocket Raccoon, a gun-toting raccoon, Mm -hmm. and Groot, a talking tree. And even though I am not familiar with these characters that much myself, I'm sure I'll love this movie. And why? Because when haven't I loved a Marvel superhero movie? Heck, they can make a movie about the Punisher, and I'd still love it. Uh, they they did make that movie. Mm-hmm. And I loved it. <laughs> this is a ragtag bunch of interstellar felons, perhaps the ragtaggiest yet, <laughs> that band together to save, well, the galaxy. It's right there in the title. And, and why do they have to save the galaxy? Why would you want to save the galaxy? Because I'm one of the idiots who lives in it! Good, good point. As far as superhero go. movies go, that is as much plot as you need. As a matter of fact, saving one's home is a rather popular motivation for superheroes. Well then, uh, can you destroy the Earth? Egad, I hope not. That's where I keep all my stuff. (laughs) (laughs) The Guardians stand in contrast to other Marvel characters by being criminals first and heroes second, as it's a space jail breakout that brings this group of unusual suspects together. Give me the fucking keys, you fucking cocksucker motherfucker! Knock it off, get back! But the Guardians go from zeros to heroes when a galactic police force, the Nova Corps, 
realizes that they may be the universe's only chance to keep the villain Ronan the Accuser from acquiring an Infinity Stone for Thanos. I'm sure Mr. and Mrs. The Accuser are very proud of their son, Ronan. Now, who's Thanos? Why the guy at the end of the Avengers? What's an Infinity Stone? Why the cubes that cause planetary and realm-wide chaos in Captain America 1 and Thor 2? What's going on in the Gaza Strip of Ukraine? I have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) To call Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy an unlikely follow-up to Marvel's The Avengers is to accurately observe that neither Robert Downey Jr. or Samuel L. Jackson are talking trees. Peter Quill, the human name of Star-Lord, is played by Chris Pratt whose face apparently tested well enough to allow him to play the part of Star-Lord as an actual person and without any heavy makeup. Better luck next time, Bradley Cooper and Zoe Saldana. <laughs> Dave Batista bats cleanup here as Drax the Destroyer, voted yet again the captain of the American League Home Run Derby team. Uh, Paul, you're thinking of Jose Bautista, Major League leading vote-getter for this year's All-Star Game. Like, I just learned who the characters are. Give me a sec to get the actors down, right? Okay. <laughs> Vin Diesel is cast as Groot. And much like a lot of Vin characters, uh, he's a man of few words, or in this case, uh, a plant of few words. I'm Groot. Say no talking. Isn't he good? (laughs) (laughs) Nice. The trailer for Guardians is packed with all the action and funny group dynamics which Marvel has made its trademark. But the studio that made superhero movies work so well you might think it's easy has brought something else back that cinema has been missing for many years. A Star Wars-style space opera, which hasn't been seen in any meaningful capacity since the original Star Wars trilogy. Unless you count the Star Wars prequel trilogy, and who would? Mm. GOTG, as nobody's calling it, continues Marvel's (laughs) perfect choices for directors. From John Favreau to Joss Whedon, by bringing quirky James Gunn on board to write and direct the quirky movie. Gunn is the director of Slither, Super, and writer of one of the best superhero movies of the 90s, The Specials. If you haven't seen The Specials, how would you like to see the story of Thomas Hayden Church, Rob Lowe, Jamie Kennedy, and Jim Zulovic, God rest his soul, as superheroes? Wow, that is a good story. I'd like to change my vote. I'd like to change it to yes, I would like to hear that story. I love that movie. <laughs> From the specials. Eh? Uh, Marvel's strategy <laughs> remains the same. Make a half a billion in original productions for every billion they earn in licensing X-Men or Spider-Man. <laughs> and Warner Brothers and DC Comics plan to compete with this by releasing their newest press release for Batman vs. Superman, <laughs> opening summer 2016. <laughs> Skeptics have long wondered what will happen when Marvel runs out of top-tier heroes and has to go digging at the bottom of their Halloween bag for stale gum. <laughs> well, the Guardians of the Galaxy, heroes that even most comic fans have never even heard of, may very well be a middle finger aimed at those skeptics, as it could easily pass for a ballsy manifesto that says Marvel is here to stay. Will Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy thrill audiences the way the Avengers or Iron Man have? It doesn't matter. They've already greenlit the sequel. Now let's all go justify that decision, shall we? There you go. Let's... Lots to say about that, but there's lots to say about that. The demise of Marvel has been written since Iron Man. That was such a bad decision, I remember, people thought at the time. Here is a character that people don't know. Which I love. He's a second-tier character. He's no X-Men. He's no Spider-Man. He's no Batman. 
And look what they have just spun out of this. Nobody knew Thor you was You know, either. I think you might have uh, hit on something. Maybe the reason why I loved the Guardians of the Galaxy. We went and saw like an 18-minute preview whenever I was home a couple weeks ago. Oh, cool. Loved it from the beginning to the end because I didn't know any of the characters. Mm-hmm. So I didn't feel lost. And being a person who doesn't follow any of the different um, comic books, sometimes I get intimidated when I see a Spider-Man or Superman or Batman because stuff has happened that I don't know about. And I'm sure that that's the case here, but there haven't been movies about it. So I feel like I'm the kid who's not new in school, even though these characters are new to me. So you're on the same level as everyone else in the audience. Yes, and the same with Iron Man. I fell in love with it because I had no idea... I had yeah. no idea what was going on, and I just fell in love with it along with everybody else in the you audience. You probably didn't know he'd be funny. Yeah. No, he was yeah. so funny, and this movie is really funny. Yeah. They're, yeah. It's I mean, so badass. It's so cool what they're uh. doing. It's, it's, it's really cool to just kind of make a such a, a quirky ensemble of characters that are just going to bounce off of each other for two hours. It's, and it's when did so that weird. turn take place? With Iron Man, when they decided to make superhero movies funny? And good funny, not right? that crappy funny. Uh, We're you might talking... say fun instead of funny. Yes. Right. Because more, well, DC movies Solid. aren't fun. They're serious endeavors. That's what I'm saying. And you keep so a serious the... face on the whole time you're watching Superman. So God when did that God. happen? Was it Iron Man? I think Iron Man was like the first one where Maybe. we get to laugh a little bit. Maybe unless you enjoyed like the Tim Burton's Batman. I mean, that was kind of But funny. there's not that but kind of so laughter in that. But no. so much but, I mean, of that... has got Michael Keaton in it. But even so much of that is... <laughs> it was really Robert Downey Jr.'s performance. That is just so much him. It was like, here, this is the character. and Just go wild. But it is in yeah. service of a character who's a playboy and who's pretty, you know, casting suave and cool. You know? Great so it's, casting. It's cool they brought that out. But I think they're going to start... They. I think they. they. Are going to start rearing their heads back now to slam Ant-Man. Because Ant-Man is going to go off the beaten path. Ant-Man's already had production trouble, so people, I think, are already ready to go, well, that's going to be Marvel's big failure right there. I, I don't think. even know what Ant-Man be wrong. Ant-Man is. was an Avenger. But, but uh, you can figure out from the title. I think that's good marketing, right? I think, what would you think Ant-Man is? I, I think he's a guy who's strong like an ant. Right, keep going. And he has a lot of arms and legs. No, I'm just kidding. And he's got eight million brothers and sisters. <laughs> no, I guess my idea is that they usually have the strength of the thing they're called. So I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. I don't know. But he also was, shrinks down. Was Edgar Wright? Oh, they cool. they oh. shot. They, they they fired him from the film. Yeah, he had creative differences. See, now the thing is, Edgar Wright has been on to Ant Man since Iron Man one, since before Marvel was Marvel. And so as as that progressed and it was off for a few years and it was on for a few years and the whole time he was attached before there was a sort of modern Marvel. And I always kind of wondered how he's going to jive with the Kevin Feige, you know, there's a showrunner to all these movies. These movies are not loosely created at all. There's a showrunner and it's Kevin Feige and he he knows all the movies Marvel is making through 2026 according to his And that is why calendar. it's working because that guy is able to keep everything going in the same direction. Yeah, and he's, he's finally treated movies like comics. They they are the first things that emulate comics in their connectivity mm-hmm. and their sequel and rebootability and, and that's all weird that because as a consumer of movies we want them to be consistent i know that when i go to see a ghostbusters 2 i want it to be consistent with what happened first that i fell in love with and i don't know why they wouldn't do that and it's smart that they are i want a cheeseburger <laughs> that i can buy anywhere in the yeah. country <laughs> or the it's going to taste exactly the same <laughs> if i want my iron man 2 i want to know that yeah. it's going to be the same kind of can, iron man movie can you imagine if george lucas when he made the very first star wars looked down the road 30 40 years and planned out all those films the Perfect. consistency would have been there Amazing. from the yeah. very beginning yeah you know. you know who does do that is wes anderson 
I was going to say this later when we were talking, but Wes Anderson has this very specific style. He does. And when you put in a Wes Anderson movie and you're up in the sticks of Sonora and you're sad and alone, you know <laughs> that Wes Anderson is going to give you that comfortable feeling Which that you want. Which one was that? What were you Bud- watching? Grand, like Grand Budapest Hotel. Uh, and I just cuddled up with Wes Anderson and went, I feel good now. Yeah, you know exactly what you're going to get. It, that it's cheeseburger. It's going to go down nice, nice and smooth. And you won't get the shits later. <laughs> I'm telling you. It, it is amazing how Marvel has made, for all other people making superhero movies, and I and I wish everybody luck. I mean, I, I'm an early adopter here. Live action superhero movies. I mean, I, taper, I taped the Nick Fury TV movie in 1996. You <laughs> really? know, Hasselhoff? Hasselhoff. Yeah. You wow. were there. You watched it with me. <laughs> uh, it, you know, I, I know it's not easy to make these, but Marvel makes it look so easy, and everybody else stumbles so much. Mm-hmm. It's really amazing. It is like they've... Yeah. Pulled the golden ticket out, and they're like, we got this. Yeah, it's thinking about cool. the size and scope of Captain America, the Winter Soldier, and Thor, God, the Dark World, incredible. and to have them be six months apart and be of such high quality and and just huge uh, vision. And they you know? must he must have had such glee when he hadn't announced that the next property was going to be Guardians of the Galaxy, because that is such an obscure choice. And that is not the next thing you would think would be Ant-Man or Daredevil or Iron. I mean, they've got all these other characters, and it's just so so great with such relish that they're Guardians of the Galaxy is their next movie. I mean, there's the ripple that went through the geek community of like, what? <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, is part of that them trying to take something where they don't have to put stars in, they can build people yeah. Well, that's up. always the case. You Robert Downey Jr. wasn't a star in 2008. He no. was, nobody wanted him. Nope. So that, they've, him. that's always kind of been there. But everyone's fees are MO. going through the roof. Yeah, that's the tough thing is now... Robert well, the first guy to ask for money was Terrence Howard, right? Yep. Right. He's gone. See ya. <laughs> Goodbye. See ya. Goodbye. Thanks for stopping by, Terrence. That's because <laughs> they really loved you the first one. Does everybody know that uh, he got paid more than Robert Downey yes. in the first movie? Yeah. 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 Really? He was yeah. a bigger he was star. He had a, he had he a bigger wow. star. Okay. That, oh, my God. He just had some Oscar hype for that... Uh, Hustle and Flow. Hustle and Flow. Yeah. yeah. He, he cries on cue. The man looks he like he's about to cry he, oh, all he, the time. He looks like he has his emotions right on right his here. the surface of his skin. That guy's got the most soulful eyes. It doesn't matter what he's in. By the way, you are a, an, imperson- a, an impressionist or an impersonator. I don't impersonator, right. know which, which is the politically correct term. Wait, what, what do, do we call you people these days? Midget. <laughs> call him midget. What's wrong with you? I'm sorry. Is that wrong? <laughs> Preferred dwarf. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, that's good. When, sorry, you're, uh, when I'm in full... <laughs> It's well, like the I, difference between uh, <laughs> cover band and tribute band, right? Yeah. Uh, now, what, it is, what do we have to call you people well, now? Well, you know, you had Ross on, and Ross and Jim. Ross Marquand. Yeah. Yes, all those guys, they are impressionists because, my, my in my mind, when I'm doing an impression, I'm not in wardrobe, I'm not in costume, I'm not in makeup. I become an impersonator when I put on the Trump wig, and, you know, all of a sudden I'm doing the face, and it's much more of a complete kind of performance. And does like changing that. the face affect the voice, too? Oh, yeah. 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 So yeah, give us some Terrence Howard. <laughs> oh, that's what I was about to say. <laughs> I I, I've watched a bunch of Terrence Howard movies at work. Can you do it? And I'm getting close. I'm not even okay. going to try right now, but I start, I've started... Imitating along. I'm, we'll check back in. Because I know from I'm listening to the show, next week. You, all of you are great voice talent, and you've all got some great, you know, oh, the Pacinos and Well, I think the key to the Terrence Howard is the dance belt. Danny Glover. Right? <laughs> Danny Glover. <laughs> to wear a dance belt for the, for for the Terrence, Terrence Howard. Howard. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just learned about those a while ago. Dance belt. Oh, dance they belt. make everyone's voice right, Before we get higher. too deep into the impersonator yes. uh, well, because we will dip there in a second. Let's get to our second movie here real quick. As, uh, well, this looks fun, week continues <laughs> with the true story of one of the most watchable men in history, mm. the godfather, James Brown. 
Wait, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Can it's the, do, the, godfather, the godfather of soul, <laughs> James Brown. There you go. <laughs> Same James Brown as Brando. <laughs> do it. I I feel I feel okay. You know, I feel particularly good right now. I, I knew that I would. Michael, come here. Do you have a brand yeah, new bag? Pop. You should have a brand new bag. <laughs> I got a brand new bag full of money. <laughs> Do you, young Pacino? Listen, young Pop. <laughs> Pop, I got an offer to go on a family feud. I love the young Pacino. Yeah, you can't do you can't do family feud. Do match game. <laughs> I want your family feud. Good fucking answer, Pop. <laughs> So anyway, we were doing, we were talking about movies. Yes. Hey! There we go. <laughs> now, Get On Up tells the story of James Brown's humble beginnings. If you want a story to feature humble beginnings, choosing a subject who's black in the 50s should save you a draft or two. <laughs> Sorry, I'm, I'm still thinking about Guardians of the Galaxy. So, wait a minute. This is James Brown's origin story? <laughs> it's a musical biopic, so, yeah, basically. And it tells what twist of fate gave him his powers. I guess he did develop an ability to move the hips of millions of people all at the same time. The other thing that I love about an origin story is that moment where James Bond says, Bond, James Bond, or when Batman says, I'm Batman. Uh, you'll like this. James Brown's catchphrase is all the words to cold sweat. Hmm. So what's his kryptonite? It's a musical biopic, so I'm assuming booze and women. Hmm. And of course, a biopic can't come without a bunch of journalists or entertainment reporters that think they're journalists criticizing a biopic because it doesn't cover the various wife beatings, racism, and anti-Semitism of its subjects who grew up in the 20s, 40s, 60s, or some other racist, anti-Semitic time. Get over it. Saving Mr. Banks is never going to take a break from warming your hearts with the story of how they wrote Chim Chim Cherie to give you the lowdown on Walt Disney's union-busting tactics. This is a unique story of a poor black child from the rural South growing up during the days of segregation who triumphs over racist, racial prejudice and economic hardship to become an icon of the music industry, single-handedly ushering in a new era of soul music with his unique and distinguishable sound. Sorry, sorry about that. That was Ray Charles. Although from the trailer, it looks as if James Brown grew up in the same ramshackle house that Ray Charles grew up in. Here's the man we're actually talking about. Okay. I was born a poor black child. Now, if you're like me, subtitles can be a bit annoying. But for a movie about James Brown, they're absolutely necessary. I mean, listen, here's a clip from the film. Chadwick Boseman was quoted as saying that this was the easiest script he'd ever had to memorize. Now, the film also stars Dan Aykroyd, who once again plays a part of an affable, progressive white guy who's above all the racism of the time. Okay, fine. Maybe he's only played that part twice, once in Driving Miss Daisy and now in Get On Up. But it feels like he plays that part a lot. That's all we're saying. <laughs> it does feel yes. that way. <laughs> the film is directed by Tate Taylor, who's white enough to have Spike Lee complaining about the choice to hire him as a director. Mm. Tate Taylor previously directed The Help, and with Viola Davis and Octavia Spencer appearing in this film, it seems Taylor brings his cast with him wherever he goes. We look forward to Emma Stone as Aretha Franklin. <laughs> <laughs> Spike will really complain about that. 
<laughs> white men continue to make money off the black man's music as this film is produced by Mick Jagger. Hmm. Yes, that Mick Jagger. Mick Jagger from the Rolling Stones produces movies. And now you know. There you go. Let's, let's get on up, everybody. Get on up. Can you remember? I was just thinking about with James Brown. I cannot remember a time from when I was a kid when I didn't know who James Brown was. He was just always there. Yeah. Could you hear that? There you go. <laughs> Some of it. I'm so used to like. But it's amazing when you look at the old footage of him and you're like, wow, he's been famous since like the 50s. You know, <laughs> like I mean, when 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 he was we. The James Brown we knew was already the way past his prime James yeah. Brown, who of course was much younger looking than he is today. But yeah, and a bit of a lunatic, right? Like he was like, wasn't he shooting guns and oh, yeah. car accidents? He was and... doing all the same Elvis stuff. I was gonna say he was yeah. into the yeah. Elvis jumpsuit phase when yep. we figured out who he was. Didn't he wear like? Uh, oh, didn't he have yeah. the cape? Didn't they the drink with the cape? Yeah, yeah. yeah. that was yeah. his. That was his shtick. Yeah, yeah. yeah. everyone he can't handle these. Like the whole... him, like, sit down on stage and they put the cape on him, try and calm him down. Full the funk, you know, like. I love when Prince does some of that stuff. Oh, Prince it's sometimes very reminiscent. can't handle the funk. Evil yeah. Knievel did it, too. He's yes. like, oh, it's yeah. the, uh, the monkeys did it. <laughs> they the always monkeys. look like the evil monkeys. The monkeys used to do, yeah. the you funk. know what? They, they stole that whole bit on, I in think, their act. Yeah. Yeah. I think the Boobay sisters might have to get I too think full of the to. funk. Yes. Note to Get self. on up. Yeah, Prince. Ow! Prince. Oh, it's get too funky. It's too sticky in here. Oh, it's sticky with funk. It's too sticky with funk. I don't know if it's good to have the funk on you, though. Jamie? It's always good. Okay. Get Thank you. Get the funk on you. Get the funk on. Finally, a uh, trailer for a movie that can justify using "I feel good." Right? Yeah. That's in every trailer, <laughs> yeah. isn't that? Yeah. yeah. Right. You're Robin right. Williams is crazy. Wow. I feel, feel good. good. Some, oh, <laughs> could you imagine if they couldn't? They were unable to get the rights to that song. Oh, oh my god. It's like god. the one song they couldn't get <laughs> because of like I feel okay. <laughs> you know, it is ironic that Mick Jagger would produce this because I think Mick Jagger has just stolen all of his dance moves. Well, you know, I was researching that, and I could have swore that the Rolling Stones stole most of their music from right? like black artists. Yeah, but I couldn't come up with any examples, so I ended up going with the more you know joke because I couldn't. Uh, find well, the Beatles the straight up know. covered them all for yeah. their early albums. Well, well yeah, yeah, I think the Stones think did that. too. It's just a, it's like the first albums of theirs, and then of course they go on and be their own geniuses. Yeah. But I think yeah, they early on they all got I mean, their start. I think he emulated songs. the the stage mechanism and, and the mannerisms for sure. I mean, the, the fact that Mick Jagger was prancing around like he was, I think he got that idea from somewhere. Oh, yeah. They were fans. Yeah, yeah I would think that's smart. Right. He definitely I, got the football pants with knee pads. From, <laughs> remember Mick Jagger wearing that outfit? He wore like... <laughs> in the 80s? In the 80s, yeah, the, the, the bottom half of him was football pants <laughs> with knee pads. <laughs> you know you're popular was, when like, you're like, I can pull this off. Right? Yes. Yeah. Right. Like and a half shirt. Football. So then ballerina on the top and, ba- and then football in the bottom. That's Great. the real measure of stardom. I can pull this off. <laughs> <laughs> Next week, I want to see you in a pink tutu and then some And my pants. Terrence Howard impersonation. Absolutely, okay. please. Yes, I want that. Do you think I'm going to forget that? Not going to happen. <laughs> I, wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't be too excited about that because uh, at the end of Adam's How- uh, Terrence Howard, he punches you in the head. <laughs> <laughs> I cry first. <laughs> he wants a raise. I cry afterwards. <laughs> I want more money. Whenever um, I was away, there were a lot of times I would go to the movies by myself and I would just be sitting there and w- different previews when they would come on would get you kind of excited and there were certain things that would make you a little tingly and this is one of them. Yeah, this is a great oh, trailer. such a great yeah. trailer. Distinctly yeah. missing drugs. Although yeah. we goofed on it for being all musical biopic. It might not like be. Like Ray any, and yeah. Walk the Line and all that. 
But the, maybe he didn't get into too. It I mean, made me mad when Probably Ray. Did. Get out of here, Dewey. You don't <laughs> yeah. want any part of this. <laughs> Lyle Lovett is in that movie. Um, it made me mad in the Ray Charles movie when he started doing drugs because I guess I never thought of blind people needing to escape into a world in of darkness. Of darkness. <laughs> yeah, right? And so all of a sudden I'm like, dude, maybe wouldn't you like to see the light? Like, why are you getting me deeper into this yeah. darkness? I don't get it. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if uh, James Brown uh, gets into the drugs. I, uh, that's I not a part that. of his story, really, that I've ever heard. We'll but I never heard that Ray see. was a heroin addict. Either, I know that so. was horrible. We'll have to go and see. In fact, I can't we wait. will go and see. We're not going to miss this. No, this yeah. is totally my kind of movie. Yeah, we'll see yeah. this. This is a good weekend. I'm going to see both these things. Oh, yeah. well, it's a, such an all-star producing cast too. It's I mean the director, or the yeah, hell, Brian Grazer's and, uh, in yeah, there. Brian yeah. Grazer. Exactly. I did not ask ahead of time how to say his name. Chadwick Boseman. Whitey Whiterson. It's really white, isn't it? Chadwick. Is he an African American man? Chadwick, bring the call. Unless you do some amazing makeup. No, oh, I thought that was a writer. I don't know. That's how good an actor he is. I'm sorry, he plays plays, uh, plays James Brown. Okay, he's the cutie we were talking about earlier. Is he good looking? Yeah. Yes. 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 Okay. He's a bit of a stud. No, he was in Draft yeah. Day, which was horrible. But he yeah. played a, a baseball player in that, and he was yeah, he was. A, yeah. What what what? James Br- James Brown was in one of the Rocky movies. Was it four? Or four. F- yeah. 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 It was a great. I hope that's featured in this movie. I want to see that. <laughs> Living scene. in America. Living in America. That would be a great wow. thing to include in your movie. The fact that James Brown was in a Rocky movie. <laughs> <laughs> and it takes up fifteen minutes of the film. <laughs> you know, I dun, 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 dun. I am excited to see his professionalism though, because that's one of the. things things that I've heard many stories about that he'll get done with his show and he'll turn around and just give everybody notes about what they did wrong, what they missed, what they have to work on or they're going to get fired. We were talking about this in the Amazing. in the trailer jam that we did and I and I had heard the same thing that after every show he yeah. would just berate everybody. Yeah. No one was ever good enough. Yeah. And that's why I'm, I'm curious about the drugs because he had a big rule against no drugs, no getting high on the bus, no being high in the show. Um, I, I haven't heard that it's, there's any drugs or anything. I mean, I it's, it, it can find its tension elsewhere. Maybe it is him being bossy. Really? Just being a <laughs> but he was too bossy. But he was. <laughs> but he was gay. He was right? very fastidious. He, he, he was bossy. He was gay. gay for he sure. was definitely gay, though. No, I mean, yeah. We know that. They, what do you think he got that scream? They cover that. <laughs> <laughs> I hope they cover it when he was. It sounded like uh, Benji scream. Gotta go deeper. It came organically. I found some. Uh, some interviews where he was like nuts later in his yeah. life they said you know we, James Brown was accused of uh, like hurting a lady or something and we have we got him here today James uh, you're about to go on tour uh, do you think this is going to affect you know, how popular your ticket sales are and he would just go haha living in America ha! <laughs> and the lady's like okay uh, you know, like he was just nuts towards the end and I wonder if they'll do all that or they'll just kind of he did shoot words. up his car his his girlfriend or wife, right? Was you know, it was a Rolls Royce with a, like a shot with a <laughs> That's shot. Such gun. an Elvis move. Yeah. Screaming Elvis go. in his Guns jumpsuit. Guns and fancy shit. Yeah. <laughs> Damn it! Guns yeah. and fancy shit. He had shit. quite a few gun incidents. Karen, I think that's yes. your next album. Guns and fancy shit. Guns and fancy shit. <laughs> you know what? Your I country could, album. Yeah. I, yeah. I could take um. I could just take a little bit of a an idea from this is bar i thought of you guys there's this bar in downtown sonora that has been there so long that it has been grandfathered in that you can buy a gun there <gasps> and get your beer oh i God. would have to buy a gun I then know. They, got, they got shotguns behind the bar behind you the bar. buy one because that you was cash your checks I there yeah. <laughs> you probably could cash checks. i remember that when i was a kid <laughs> buy scratchers your sundries there too <laughs> i could go for a sundry i'll take a slice of pie and a Chadley. magnum, a magnum bring the sundries around i just realized oh. I, I left out the james brown is old <laughs> And he's fallen and he can't get on up joke. Ah! It didn't make the script. Ah! Do you think they're going to do a Tony Bennett bio? Yeah, we're better off. 
You know, I hope he's, so. been, he's been around for dude. Yeah, I mean that guy is the man. Yeah. Tony Bennett was at the uh, was at the uh, uh, Howard Stern town hall for Billy Joel, where a bunch yeah. of celebrities came on and they covered Billy Joel songs. Boys to Men went up and shit the bed. Really? Yeah, uh, they messed up. Wow. Eliza, what's her nuts? Uh, Adele Dazeem. Adele Dazeem. She Adele. fucked she up fucked her up. song. Uh, Melissa Etheridge did well, but Tony came on to New York State of Mind and he Nailed killed it. it. Yeah, he's amazing. He was he amazing. Was and he, awesome. he performed with Lady Gaga like two. He's like eighty three or eighty four mm-hmm. now. Man, he's really awesome. Yeah. I just love the way he talks. Did, you know, and, and he's got a whole thing with his voice. Yeah, you do what kind of life yeah. he's got? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I've been working with a, a coach to trying to get because I do his voice, but I'm trying to get like the song, his musical style down because his voice is so tired. Oh, the good life because it's <laughs> the chords. Nice. The chords must have like dust on them. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. To be free and But I like that you do talking Tony Bennett. Just talking right. Tony That's Bennett. That's true. <laughs> great. Who does that? Yeah. Yeah, I yeah, saw, right? The funniest thing, I saw him a couple of years ago, and he was great. He's just so yeah. amazing. He's just an icon. But he's, he seems totally with it, but after every song, it was like, Tony Schwartz on the drums, everybody. Tony Schwartz. And two songs later, you go, Tony Schwartz on the drums, everybody. Tony Schwartz. He introduced the band like 15 times. Now, like, John, not that you need this for me because I can't do impersonations right. at all, but when we saw him, Paul will give you a demonstration of the move he does at the end of every song. Like every, well, no, it's early once everyone knows oh, what right. song as he's singing. As, okay, so he'll start but, singing and then they applaud. I left my heart. And everyone goes, yay! <laughs> he gives, he a, little, a, he gives a little salute to the. Uh, as soon as the audience knows enough. what it is. Thank you. Now, was that, see, and that big smile. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I always thought that was his way of like, okay, shut up. I got it from here. <laughs> I got it. Yeah, you know it. I know it. We know you. Yeah. I know That's you know me. what it is. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, you're done. On a hill. He that works the shit out of consonants. That's yeah. what I love about him, you know? And he Little can... town. <laughs> so does Barbara Streisand, though. We're the little good cable singers. car. Yeah. <laughs> Halfway to the star. And the audience goes crazy. Yay! Oh, my God. Yay! Yes. Yeah. At the end of my show, I did one of those. I don't know if you saw it. We all had to like, acknowledge the audience as we were leaving, and I would go to leave, and I'd just give them a Tony back. I saw that. <laughs> yes. That was for me. That was kind of for me, too. I enjoyed yes, it. Yes, right, too. Um, so let, let's get on to these impersonations and all the oh, wacky oh, stuff man. John DiDomenico is up to. Uh, DiDomenico Creative Performance Partners. Yet it's just you. It's just <laughs> <laughs> That's what I love. Yeah, it sounds but so you fancy. Know what it is? <laughs> and international bank. You should add that to it. Yeah. Private international bank. No, but you know, when I had started, when I'd come up with that company name, it was for, you know, like I, I've hired you two and oh, yeah. a, a lot of other performers. And I always Justin saw. Justin Bowler, friend of the show. Yes. yes. And I always saw it as, you know, I love working. It's so funny. I work alone so much, but I love working with other performers and rehearsing and that whole process and bringing people in. And, and I do talent coordination for corporate events it's i had this image in my mind of having a group of partners on the website that way if someone came through me that could i could get them work because i feel like it's such a small community and we always have to help each other as much as possible you know. I thought it was a tax dodge. Yeah, that too. <laughs> <laughs> and a kickback and a 10% yeah. kickback. You know what might be fun yeah. is on your website, all your partners are just all the people you play. Yeah. Right. How that's many do you play? Uh, about 30. 30? Yeah. Wow. yeah. And that's full costume. That's full costume. Wow. That's 30 and, impersonations. Impersonations. Yes. See? Right. We learned a little something. And, and How many impressions do you do? I probably do a lot more. Like, I don't do um, <laughs> somebody like, um, I, I, I'll do Bill Clinton, but I would never even attempt. My face structurally just isn't even close enough. Even though, like, Frank Caliendo does full makeup on him. Right. But, yeah, I just, 
it won't, won't even it, attempt uh, it. Frank Caliendo looks like Frank Caliendo no matter who he's <laughs> who doing. Does, right? It is such a futile <laughs> attempt. Don't even just that don't even. That is like whenever Norm MacDonald does an impersonation. <laughs> I can do an impersonation of someone because I do me doing <laughs> Norm MacDonald doing the impersonation. <laughs> Paul, you do yeah, Dole. Do do Dole as Norm MacDonald. Yes, yeah, see, I yeah, don't do Dole. I do Norm MacDonald. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Burt Reynolds as Norm MacDonald. You know it. The American people know it. By God, you know it. I know it. The American people know it. Well, when I think about like, I probably do Austin Powers the music. Yeah, baby, smashing gravy right on. <laughs> but all I'm really doing is an impersonation of Mike Myers doing Austin Powers. Yeah. Right. You know, it's not yeah. like a direct kind of thing. Isn't so. it amazing? I, I heard um, Jordan Peele on a uh, uh, podcast talking about doing his Obama impersonation and how now everybody is basically doing him. It's it's weird. All of, it, it, when, a, when someone comes into the atmosphere like that or political atmosphere, nobody knows how to do him. And he was like the first out of the gate who knew how to do Obama. But then you just watch it grow where now everybody knows how to right. do Obama. It just yeah. sort of spreads like that. Um, but it's a lot if of... If you the, look at... I, I think it's the best thing that's ever happened for... for uh, the worst thing maybe for our country, but one of the best things that's ever happened for Tina Fey was Sarah Palin. Because yeah. she was exactly at the right place at the right time when this totally. person came out of nowhere yeah. that she looked just like. And, and she, she could nail it, that impersonation. And she could nail the point of view, and there she went, and everybody yeah. knew about her. And like fully formed, nailed it like the day yeah. that she the came out she as came a thing. Out. Yeah. Like it, immediately that night, there, there was this. Tina uh, yeah. Fey was like, I can do that. That was some pretty amazing kismet. It was yeah. funny. After he broke it, there were a lot of people, here's the deal. There are a lot of people kind of like all of a sudden they were popping up. Yeah. There's a lot more people that doing impersonations now than when I was a kid when I started because I started like I was five years old. Yeah. You know. Who'd you look up to, like Fred Travelina? Fred Travelina, nice. John Biner, nice. um, Rich Little, Rich Little. Hey, Karen, I used to watch the Match Game. Yeah, <laughs> that's where Fred Travelina. Was. All, all those people, and I had a severe speech impediment because that's that's why I did a lot of voices because I couldn't speak in my own voice. So I did, I did, I would. Do Humphrey Bogart and all these different voices and play around and do I Ed Sullivan and was just talking to somebody that had a stutter and they encouraged him to do other people's voices because other oh. people don't stutter. Right. Well, what it is is it just impersonate it, it, somebody who doesn't stutter. That's what he did. <laughs> he would do. That's so brilliant. In retrospect, it's, it's voluntary speech and involuntary really? speech. So when I was a kid, I'd hear now right here in our show. The fabulous Corbaccio brothers or something that was that I could do that voice and access it without my own kids right. he's doing a guy named Ed Sullivan <laughs> right. um, people don't that's how old I am for people right. who aren't right. dead right. let us tell you who that was kids the Garbaccio brothers don't exist <laughs> <laughs> alright wait now I want to have a little fun with this uh, so I'm going to throw some scenarios at you okay. All right, and then you just jump oh. into the characters right. and we'll Make all play sure along they do that one with him and Schwarzenegger but we're going to play we're going to play along here because okay. the first one is Jay Leno uses his oh, lightweight yeah. cue card led oh, interviewing style to get to know the movie guys or anyone else who happens oh, to be at the time. Okay. Oh, okay, how you guys doing? Welcome to the show. Get a there, you know. Did my first podcast. You know, and it's great for me. So, how do you guys like to do this show? You know, it's absolutely fantastic. Carrie, you're beautiful. Thank you, you know? very much. Hey, Jay, much. is anything ever bad? No, not at all. I mean, it's fantastic. <laughs> you know how much money I make just for sitting here? It's incredible. <laughs> I have 5,000 cars, you know? What's your What's your beef, Jay? That used to be his thing. Oh. Jay, what's your beef? No, nothing really. I feel good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's I'm true. I didn't away. get paid more for away. the Doritos commercials that I used to do. I, I've always been curious. Did you feel bad about what happened to Conan O'Brien? Oh no! Fuck him! <laughs> <laughs> All right, there he is. Wait, wait. Now that we've got, <laughs> since we got Jay Leno here, yeah, can, I, can I? Can you just humor me? My favorite thing that that the only watchable <laughs> thing on Jay Leno was when Arnold Schwarzenegger was on because he was the 
master at uh, ham-handedly selling his product. And of course, Jay was more than happy oh, to God. engage in that. So if you could just, if I could just promote my latest project. Actually, here. Adam, if, we, if I can set the stage a little better, Toy Soldiers, I think that was the one. Was that the one? Toy Soldiers? Was he in that one? No, no. What was the what was the soldiery one where like kids Last Action Hero? Last Action Last Hero. Last Action Hero. Oh, okay. All right. That so. is the best example yeah. okay. of him. Oh, wait. We are back and we have one of my favorite people in the whole wide world. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Arnold, how are you doing? Good to see you on the show today. I'm doing great, Jay. I'm just glad to be here to talk about my latest movie, Last Action Hero. I just I wanted to let you know for all your audience that it's good for everybody. It's good for all ages. It's good for kids. It's good for grandparents. <laughs> it's good for the deaf. It's good for the poor. Yeah. I think everybody should go see it because it's a movie that I want you to see. Well, all your films are absolutely fantastic. And the great. <laughs> Well, thank everybody. you, Jay. But uh, but the best film I've done is Last Action Hero, which is out this Friday, and it's good for everybody to see. It's good for families. It's good for kids. If you like special effects, if you don't like special effects, if you like loud noises, or if you don't, it's great for all of that. Well, did you enjoy actually making it? The Infirmed. It's good for the Infirmed as well. The Mentally Deficient. Uh, we had a great time. We had a great cast, a great director. It's really... It was one all right, of next the best scenario. Because this doesn't end. This doesn't end. Awesome. It's, it's accurate. So and it never ends. <laughs> oh, thank you. Detective awesome. Columbo arrives on the scene to get to the bottom of the case of the overpriced movie concessions. You know, I'm, I'm a little confused. <laughs> Go I, to I, was, I was just out front, and I paid $14 to see this movie. <laughs> now, popcorn's not that expensive, for what I understand. Why is this popcorn $8? <laughs> you know, and the, and the, and the Coca-Cola well, sir, 7 Sir, if you if you get the popcorn and the soda together, then you save a dollar. You know, this, this doesn't make any sense. Hold on, wait a second. Mrs. Columbo wants something. <laughs> oh, it's... Oh, that's awesome. He's there to see Mocking And if you, Yeah, and Karen's oh, right. Oh, one more thing. Karen's right. He does the eye. Where's that's the milk the Dutch? That, that's Go to YouTube and look oh, at his face. That's crazy. That's uh, awesome. just, just the one eye. Oh, that's amazing. Uh, do that? So here, Dr. Evil protests a movie guy's joke. He doesn't find it funny. So here we go. What's the, what's the, what's the difference between uh, a Transformers movie and a bucket of shit? The bucket. Hey! You know, Paul, you're quite insolent. <laughs> I don't think that's very funny. Mini me, Daddy will be with you in a second. Daddy loves you. Get your hot pocket. Okay. I think this should be my show. It should be the Doctor Evil guys. I just want to tell you, Doctor Evil, that I've been watching the um, that movie where Steve Carell plays a bad guy, and I think he's a little scarier than you. What is that? The with the little yellow people. Despicable Me. Oh, yeah, I, yeah. You know, I would like. You know, I think that was totally stolen from me. What do you mean? Well, look, he has bald heads and he has little minions. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that's mini-me multiplied. You know, I'm not stupid. You know oh, what I mean? Oh, I that's think stolen from me. How would you overtake his empire? Yeah, oh, quite easily. Evil. You know what I mean? I'd have sharks with lasers. <gasps> Ooh, laser sharks. Lasers. Laser sharks. Yes. Patent pending. Yes. <laughs> they could yes. be in a tornado. I'm a sci-fi channel not made that already. I know, right? It sounds totally like laser a movie. Shark. Like, yeah. Laser shark. I'd send my son Scott in, you know? But he's quasi-evil. All right, speaking of Transformers, <laughs> we try and describe the plot of a Transformers movie to Ozzy Osbourne. He's going to me, man. So they're made of now something we found called Transformium. He's Transformium. I think one of my albums was Transformium. It's amazing. Sharon! Sharon's not here, Ozzy. She's not here, man. And illegally required to yell that every year. What's so bloody hard in here, man? 
No, that's no, that's <laughs> that's Mark Wahlberg. Okay, yeah. and he's in the movie, right. and he's he's he the good guy it. with uh, the Transformers. Uh, uh, you get that? I like Mark Wahlberg because I saw him in the Sniper, and he shot a guy. Yeah, he shot people. I kind of don't know what you said there. Well, you know what? You're thinking of Shia LaBeouf. If you'd like, we can take you to Universal, and you can go on a ride where the Transformers talk to you. I always get, I always like when things talk to me, man, because I'm having conversation. Well, you can't talk back. Otherwise, you're monologuing. This is right. Ozzy Osbourne rollout. And lastly, Donald, <laughs> Donald Trump. Donald Trump is here to buy and brand the movie guys. You know, there's nothing bigger, there's nothing huger, there's nothing more spectacular than movies. And you guys have cornered the market on talking about movies and wasting two hours a week. I want to buy ninety minutes. This Donald, show. Ninety well, minutes. Whatever. It seems like two hours. <laughs> That's what a value it is. Right. I'm going to buy this show. We're going to make it the Trump guys. It's going to be absolutely the biggest <laughs> podcast. You're on what? Three, four radio stations? By A couple the of internet stations. Yeah. And then, by the yeah. end of the week, you'll be on like 5,000. Now, Trump, you've gotten pretty political lately. Can I ask you a political question? Go right ahead. What's with these blacks? <laughs> <laughs> They're everywhere. Let me just say, Rosie's a big fat cow. Oh, I love Rosie. I'll Dana. have Chadwick send the car around. <laughs> <laughs> now, do you ever start an impersonation and then slip into another one? Because ah, that's great. I've yeah. always wondered that's about hilarious. like you act anybody like Dana Carvey yeah, would accidentally slip. Would that ever? Does that ever happen to you? Yeah, you know, especially when you're doing something for a long period yeah. of time. Yeah. You know, you kind of break into something else. You just your, your mind wanders. I'm doing you know. I'm doing spam a lot right now, and I can, I can already hear You're my English go, becoming Australian more and more. Are you really doing spam a lot? Yeah, yeah, no, uh, no, 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 no. And uh, I was talking, you know, because I got to be Cockney, man. I'm 27. I'm not old, and all that. Right. But, but later on, it says that I got going down here, mate. You know, it's, uh, <laughs> English is like the English is the best because I my you know I did eight years of speech therapy because of my impediment. And the greatest thing about the British accent is is just the way you're always kind of enunciating if you take just a basic. British accent, like a Londoner, kind of like an uh, an Aussie. I mean, an Austin kind of thing, you know, because you can, can over enunciate. Mm -hmm. That's what we always had to do in speech therapy. And no. you do Michael Caine? No, I I've worked on him. Oh, can you do yeah. him? Uh, I don't know. I, yeah. I do other people uh, doing him. Yeah. I think yeah. I've done this yeah. on the show before. The yeah. Phil Hartman doing, Michael telling you Caine. how to do Michael Caine. Right. He always said yeah. the way to speak <laughs> like Michael Caine, Caine is only say <laughs> a couple of words <laughs> at a time. <laughs> 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 Yeah. But then, when you heard when Ross was in here, he did it. Say, I'll, I'll get tired of Barry and Wayne's. Or what is that? The line is from Barry Dark Knight Rises. I've, I've buried Barry enough members of oh, the he's, Wayne he's family. He's amazing. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. but, um, but you, you say it's teachable. It's teachable. You can teach yes. us Trump. Yes, we can. Ooh. I can teach oh, you Trump. So this, is, this will be the Trump clinic. All right. So anytime um, you do any impersonation, it's basically this is my own thing. I've talked to a lot of other impersonators, but it's basically five things. It's throat placement nasal placement, um, vocal production, specif specifically with Trump, because he's just the way he does the, you know, the, the squinting of the eyes and the piercing of the lips, and then the secret sauce, which, which is usually attitude, and then cadence. So mm. when you listen to somebody like Donald Trump, Donald Trump has this weird thing that he does, mm. like he's reading off a prompter, because this is going to be absolutely spectacular. <laughs> thing that's ever happened and uh, so with trump if you can kind of like get down like lower part of your throat and just kind of make it a little raspy 
if you do so that. So give it a shot. Yeah. You get down <coughs> a little raspy down here. No, I sound like, no, a, you sound like, like a, a gangster. Yeah, don't do New York. Don't Donald, do a New York Donald, thing. I'm trying. Yeah, I went in there. Couldn't help it. I went there. Yeah. Donald Trump. The Donald, Donald Trump. Donald Trump. You just kind of push it down the back of your throat. Push it down, yeah, push it push down, it down in the back of your throat. Now, now, a little squeaky. Okay, that's part one. Now, part two is <laughs> you take your voice like and shoot it through night. the top of your nose, so it's it's, it's so, as nasally as possible. That, that part I got. Yeah, you, I got that down. I'm about just picture. I'm about to picture going. This is how you sing. He's totally right. Shoot your voice through your nose. Come on, put it through the mask. Right, exactly. Now. Those are the two things. Okay, you have to do this at the same time. Right. Then the next it's gonna thing is... Right. It's going to be huge. It's going to be huge. Yeah, and without doing his voice, just this think, is the of, greatest think of the Trump cadence. Ever. There you go. There you <laughs> go. Figure that cadence where he's going to... That came out another hole, though. <laughs> you want to get that cadence down. Try to What's get that... The this is going to be the greatest show ever. This is going to be the biggest thing that ever happened in New York. There's going to be 8,000 Trump be buildings. So it's a click, click, you click, You sound like click, the Godfather. Yes. And, <laughs> and what's interesting is, if I'm correct, um, uh, Christopher Walken and Trump are generally from the same area. So you know the way Walken uh, speaks, uh, that kind of thing. Yeah. If you take that and put it into Trump, because Trump does almost the same thing with the way he speaks. So you kind of take those two and kind of run walking, them together. Yeah. Yeah, got, so everyone, everyone's got a little... Everyone does walk. Your car yeah. is alive. <laughs> <laughs> friends we have a, me. We have a friend who um, didn't necessarily... Because I think not only do you vocally need to sound like the person, but I think it can't hurt to get inside of their point of view so that you can know what to say. And we had a yeah. friend who didn't sound at all like Trump, but he had this great point of view where he would... We were at the Staples, and he just sat in this chair, and he was just sitting there, and he would just tell you, this is the greatest chair that ever was ever made anywhere, and you should not sit in any chair but that chair. And it's really what Trump does. Yeah. Whatever it is, is the greatest. You have to have it. And I wish I could just be like that in real life, like you have that much confidence. Right. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, and that's, that's a lot of impersonations. If you can just find like the attitude, then you can build the voice. Do you ever do it. that if you get a parking ticket or something? You just go, I got to get into Trump attitude and get out of this. No, I haven't done that. <laughs> done like, that? I, got one, I got a one speeding ticket because I was driving home, and this was years ago, and I had my first like comm sheet where it was all my characters, and a cop pulled me over, and he was saying, you know, you I knew I was speeding, but he, he said, you're in a bigger rush. He said, yeah, I got to get home. I just finished a show. And he said, what do you do? I said, I'm an impersonator. And he said, really? And I pulled the comp sheet out. And he, sh and he just said, well, do this one and do this one. That's awesome. And do that. And he just went down. It was like, mixed, it was like you know, a menu. And I did like five or six voices. He was like, get out of here. <laughs> yeah. That's the last time that happened. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. You get one of those. Oh, right. That's, that's it. So you get good. one in your life. <laughs> oh my God! Did he say do Ozzy and you apologize you for speeding? <laughs> yeah, Ozzy, you know, she's showing you the drums. She's not here. I just took twenty-five Vicodin. <laughs> you know, you could get arrested just by doing Ozzy. <laughs> You smell like booze. Oh, so anyway, so so just if, if, to to finish this up, just think of the cadence and then try to get that whole the whole to put yeah the, like you just ate a lemon. Just just exactly yeah. just, just ate a lemon. lemon. Oh. But it's the greatest lemon <laughs> I've ever had. It's a in lemon. My it was yellower. <laughs> it was yellower than any other lemon I'm here to tell that you. Uh, you'll find out there. 
about a yeah. great. I show. sound a little Boston. <laughs> you sound well, like you know Marty Marty. Marty. when I was when I was breaking the voice down. I was listening to the, the very few people who did it. One of them was um, was Phil Hartman, and I listened to his, and he he slid into that Boston thing. Mm-hmm. It was it was really interesting. But I always try to at least put a little bit of New York yeah. on some of the words, not too much. Words, yeah, because words. then you do you kind of veer into the Boston thing too much. It's absolutely, New York is the greatest city <laughs> in the entire world. It is a great city. I think everybody should right, start off on that. It's better than Boston. John, question for you. It's better than New Hampshire. Oh, question, question we ask every guest. What, yes. is, what is your favorite movie of all time? My favorite movie of all time. It's going to sound strange. Um, oh, we've heard we've heard everything. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. I loved the movie Network. It changed the way I saw oh. movies and the way I saw life. And I think everything. Because I was a kid and we went to see it by accident. We, My friend's dad took us to the movies. And the movie we were seeing was, was sold out. So I was like, oh, we should see Network, because I remember seeing the commercials for it, and it just looked really good. What, and part, was, what parts were in the commercial, by the way? I don't think I've ever seen it. In New York City. When, it's kind of oh, when they uh, still did the voiceover. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. It, was, it didn't do it justice, I'm it sure. Did, yeah. Yeah. But got you excited. But I saw the movie, and I was like, oh, these are adult. Like, it was just so different. It was adults, and it was business, and they were cursing and there was all these things happening and i loved television and i loved movies and to watch it all come together and i knew like william holden was kind of even as a kid i kind of knew he was from this other era and it was he was crossing over with faye dunaway and i had never seen a movie where someone got pissed off and did something leaving him on the air and letting him you know have the meltdown which caused this all these other things to happen I was just amazed, and I loved New York too, because I was um, lived in Philly. But I knew like New York's where I wanted to be. I wanted to be in theater and film and TV, and it was just I was I had never seen anything like it. And the fact that now, all this time later, everything in the film about television has yeah. happened. Yeah, so prescient. I'm more of a broadcast news guy. Guy, but both of those movies are remarkably prescient. <laughs> they nailed totally. it for what was well, coming. Network gets to be a '70s movie. I mean, it's just like yeah, there's it's, no movie yeah. like it because '70s movies just were like uh, there's uh, we're just broadcast news. I think had hope. Yeah, network, yeah. Had, network was totally '70s, and then it's movies. like this is just fugly it, and you know. If you go you. back and watch Network, it covers every type of everything that happens in life like the middle-aged guy having an affair or, you know all these different elements yeah. are, are there it's pretty incredible so. how great is that ned Beatty speech oh my god <laughs> you have meddled with the forces of nature <laughs> do you hear me and i love when he recounts the whole dream you know the whole thing in a dream it's i don't know and i think we all want faye dunaway to jump on us like she yes. jumped on William Holden in that movie. That's a pretty classic Faye Dunaway in that movie. Mm. Did she win an Oscar for that one? Yeah, that was the that one, one, right? Was that the one? Yeah. Beatrice Chinatown? Strait did. Wasn't she in Chinatown? No, who was she was in Chinatown, but she didn't. She I don't didn't think get she, she didn't win for Chinatown. I think she won for Network. Well, he won posthumously. Um, <clears throat> what's his Peter Finch. Peter yeah. Finch. Oh. Did he die? He died before the yeah. after that movie? Oh. No. Was that directed by Sidney Lumet? The put dir- it all out there. Director of The Wiz? <laughs> oh, my cool. God. That's awesome. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's kind of awesome. So that's that's my movie. I'm sure you guys sort of. You know. Oh, and real we quick, haven't heard Network yet. Uh, what was your experience <laughs> like with the uh, Seltzer and Freeberg with the uh, Meet the Spartans? And did they were they behind? We're always not curious about those celebrity guys. movie, or at that point was that kind of. Um, the the two I did with them was uh, Meet the Spartans and Disaster Movie. Where I met Kim Kardashian. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Meet the Spartans, I had all... What happened was... And it, let her get away. Yes. <laughs> She's really pretty, though. Um, uh, I had auditioned for Meet the Spartans because they had... I won't say who had auditioned for Trump, but they didn't like his audition. And I was on some horrible 
humiliating uh, reality show called um, is it an impersonator? Ne- yeah, it's an impersonator called oh, The Next wow. Best Thing that ran oh, one season. Oh, wow. And it was yeah, it was um, Elon Musk and uh, Jeffrey Ross and somebody else, Lisa Waters and not Elon Musk. Elon, Elon Cole. Cole. I was gonna say Elon <laughs> Musk showed up for that. <laughs> so anyway, they, you know, He's they building brought, the Tesla. Right, and they brought doing people in and they just ripped the shit out of them. But but because of that, the company the company that was producing it, they literally shared. They were in the same office building and they came over and said, "Hey, we need a Trump for this film." We didn't like we had weren't like any we've we've seen. They said, "Oh, we we saw a guy in New York, and you should call him." They literally tracked me down. That's I did a, I did a video audition in my home, and sent it to them. And then they said, "Okay, you, you booked it." And I flew down and shot it, and it was it was great. And then while I was shooting, uh, we did a scene. It was supposed to be a building, and it was supposed to be um, who's the woman who's in all their films. Um, the oh, sexy one who yeah, was... Yeah, Anna Ferris. No, not no. not Anna. It, um, oh, God. Jamie? No, the, the one who's um who pops up... No, I meant Jamie. Is it Jamie who was in those movies? Yeah. <laughs> oh, hello. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, she was bat. She was uh, the 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 evil um, Spider Man, Carmen Electra. Uh, so it was her body double, yeah. her body double, and she's climbing on the side of the building. And I opened the door. You know, Spidey, I never liked you. Oh, like the Batman fired. joke where yeah. the celebrity pops out of the window. <laughs> right. Oh, and funny. I open the window up and I take uh, shears and I cut her off the building. And then she, as she's falling down the building, she shoots. And grabs my wig with oh. the and rips my wig off. I might keep my head shaved. So we just put some strands of hair in <laughs> over the wig, and they pulled the wig off, and it was great. And that made the commercial. Oh, cool! So that just kept constantly running oh, and running. And, cool. But the, the neat thing was when I was shooting, and they were great. They're really funny guys, and they 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 once they cast you, they have total trust in you. And they was like, do whatever you want. Once we did the lines and they had takes, they were like, do whatever you want. And I was like, okay. So we did that. And and I was getting out of makeup that day. And they said, the makeup person, the hair person, who I'm still friends with, said, you're going to be back for the next one. Uh, I was like, well, that's nice. That's I'm, just like what happened to James Brown. I think <laughs> you are going to make something of yourself one day. You will and be was, back. But you never believe that stuff. And they called me back for the next film, and they added two characters. I was uh, the love guru in Disaster Movie, and I was <laughs> Dr. Phil. It's all about timing. Yeah, and, and it was it was all about timing. But the, I worked with Ike on both of those. But on the second one, he was show. he was like five different characters did he do i god i still haven't seen he him. was he was, he was um, only dane cook in the spartans right uh right yeah but in the next one he was batman he was um really oh god yeah, I see he, this. yeah he was <laughs> he was five different characters and he was hilarious the scene in bat when the city's just being destroyed he's batman and he's leaving town and he runs into the main cast of characters. He's got a wheelie piece of luggage. <laughs> and it's the funniest choice. I, I just thought it was hilarious. And a lot of the Mad TV people were, were on that. Yeah, I and think it was great. Uh, I think uh, Josh Myers is in one of those, too. Christine Flanagan. I think he plays uh, Vote for Pedro. What's that guy's name? Napoleon Dynamite? Oh, yeah. yeah. But they're, and, and on that one, they were even better because when we did the Dr. Phil scene, um, th- the whole bit was I grab a girl and kiss her and she slaps me and then they said just 
do whatever you want. And then we did a whole bunch of like kind of B-roll. They knew were going to be in the credits. So they were great to me. I really enjoyed working with them. I have know. not seen those movies, but you're making me want to. I know. Yeah. Now I want well to see Well done, them. sir. And, and, I know, and I know people love to hate those movies. Yeah. But they work really hard on them. And I know some of the stuff you're like, oh, God, why'd they do that? But they really, <laughs> there's so much to those films. And when you see the, the, the prop department and the scenic design and how hard they work, Meet the Spartans, they, they worked so so hard on these films and the crew is the same crew from film, film to film yeah because so they, they made a film a year for a while yeah, yeah and yeah. they've got a great kind of shorthand and they work really fast and every and they, it's a great set and it's a real fun set and I, I just feel I feel grateful to have done it you well, know, we'd, we'd be the first to say that the Zucker Abram Zucker crew Made that look easy. Yeah. And it is not. No. Yeah. So, is, yeah, anytime you can pull it up. Yeah, I think close. We're, we're prone to make fun of Seltzer and Freeberg because they uh, because we love Airplane and that style of humor, but it's done well so few times <clears throat> for all the people that have tried it. Now, I got to say, Air, Seltzer and Freeberg uh, look like absolute geniuses next to, like, there's like 40-year-old virgin who knocked up Sarah Marshall. Yeah. yeah. Unwatchables, like the ones that are... That just string oh, a bunch I, of titles are you together. I, yeah, I did. I did thirty days of por- paranormal activity with the girl, with the dragon tattoo, <laughs> who saw a bear and shit in the woods. Yeah, they brought me in for one day to be Trump. But you know, you just, you just, you can see the real difference. Those films, are, um, their films, date movie, epic movie, they're always there's a real story. There's a real, na- believe it or not, there's a real yeah. narrative, and there's always musical, and there's great kind of, there's something to their films that are above yeah. and beyond the other ones. Well, you know? definitely between you and Ike, I've been turned around on them. They sound yeah. like great guys, and now I'm just like glad that they're doing it, that somebody's doing the Zucker right. right. thing, you know? And like, I think they honor, they actually the honor brothers, movies, actually. you know, they, 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 they honor films that are happening, and when I shot the... The Love Guru bit, the film hadn't even come out, so they were way ahead of the curve. That's amazing that they did that. That is also what is essentially we like to make fun of for those guys, too, is because they're basically a recap of all the movies that came out last year before they know if the Love Guru was going to be a complete bomb that nobody was ever going to remember. It was just an assumption that, oh, it'll be the next Austin Powers, so we might as well put that in the movie. So now that's extremely dated and yeah. Kind of yeah. odd. Yeah. But yeah, anyway. But it, it's fun. It's fun. Yeah. It's a, nice to work on features even if it's right. Yeah, I got very good things. Well, I want to get real quick to the uh, my quick Comic-Con report uh, yes. as time is ticking that away. Is cool, yeah. Uh, I couldn't get there as long as I wanted to because of spam a lot. I had to be back for a Friday night show. So it was only there Wednesday night, Thursday, and Friday. But is it, it is expanding at such an alarming rate, much to the chagrin of many people, which I say. It's got to come to Vegas. Fuck them. They've got to move no! to Las Vegas. Yes. Ah! They must move it to Las Vegas. Uh, <laughs> I know, you would love that. <laughs> yeah, I would. You live there. Then I can go. But uh, yeah, and don't move it to LA, whatever you do. No. Because it, right Choke now, the city. all the freaks are kept at bay because they can't get down to San Diego. You move it here and put it within walking yeah. distance, it's, it's everyone's screwed. Uh, but there were tons of people and there's tons of things to do. Everything you do, you are missing 10 awesome things that, that would be equally great for you to do. And there's still a shit ton of comics stuff to do there. So anyone who's like, Hollywood's taken over and it's bullshit. There is so much to do there no, for comics. No, because they've rented out an airplane hangar. They've rented out an airport, basically. It's yeah. the size of an airport. It is. It's like there's so much to do. They've yeah. taken over the Marriott. They've taken over the Hilton next door. Yeah. It keeps expanding. And of course... All the individual entities take over every restaurant and bar within like a mile area. Where does everybody Because like they'll stay? turn they'll turn what it is into like the equalizer. There's a lot lounge. of hotels there. All that oh. whole coastline's all There's hotels. even a place called the Hotel Circle just north of the city, and that's where we stayed. It's just a row of hotels mm-hmm. about 
10 minutes north and of San Diego. And they're all packed, right? And they're all packed. Yeah. They're all sold out. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but one of the cooler things I got to do there was uh, get a few exclusive interviews at a press junket for Space Command, a new sci-fi film that's being made. It's pretty unique, and then it's grassroots. It's got a lot of big names attached, but uh, like Doug Jones from The Hellboy and sure. Pan's Labyrinth. And, um, but they're using a Kickstarter campaign and a worldwide actor search for unknowns to be the lead in the film, cool. who they've recently cast and they're currently shooting. And uh, I got to talk with the director, Mark Zikri, and stars Robert Picardo and Mira Furlan about the film. And you got a photo with him. I, yeah, yeah, he took yeah. a picture with me, which is really nice. Super great guy. And I want to play some highlights real quick of uh, my Command talk with him. Space Command is a classic title. That's a great it? title. That's how he sold it, too. And when you hear this guy talk about it, he's totally addicting to listen to because he loves old school. You know, he's all about utopian future and, and hope. In the in the future, you know, because all these dystopian visions. Oh, of now it's the all future, just like everything snow sucks. Or everything yeah, sucks. he's like, well, we're expanding, yeah. and and um, one of the cooler things in Hall H this year was Christopher Nolan showed up, and he didn't pander to anybody. He came out and he talked about movies. Yeah. You know, he didn't just come up and go, "What's up, everybody? Who's ready for fucking Interstellar?" <laughs> <laughs> like You're he came out, and he was, it's great, it's good yeah. for kids. <laughs> He came out and he was like, he came out and he was like, astronauts. We've created a society where we're building all this technology that's insular. It's moving us in on ourselves. We get phones that make us small. Interstellar is about what if we have to expand the world? We need to get off this earth and expand where we live and to save ourselves. So this movie is about opening up technology to going into other dimensions and. And that movie looks amazing. I bet by you the he's way. smart. You think so? <laughs> and McConaughey showed up Thursday. Oh, that's where I was leading with this. Every day is so huge now. Saturday's the big day for Hall H, and sure enough, it was with Warner Brothers and Marvel and yeah. Legendary. But Thursday was great. I mean, DreamWorks Animation uh, with Benedict Cumberbatch there, and uh, you know Jim Parsons, and then uh, <laughs> Jamie, <laughs> Jamie, just woke Jamie, up. Jamie grumbled. Mm. Uh, and then you start making yummy noises whenever you make yeah. <laughs> And the giver, tall British guy, mm. Jeff Bridges showed up to talk about the giver. Mm. And then the whole Paramount panel, mm. The Rock talked Hercules. He came mm. he shows up. It's that <laughs> open. Didn't that open? That opened already, right? <laughs> yeah. And the Zach Galifianakis. Uh, yes, that opened oh, last week, right? Because I had that on Rotoflix. It was, yes, wow. it opened. But he, he was, he, was he, one of my he showed up to say, teams. look, I went, I bought out three theaters, so you some bitches can come and. I went into Austin for a second. Hang on. Uh, either way, he Casey Hercules, baby, yeah. Here's my rocket impersonation. You love Guru. He, uh, yeah, so he was, show, he was announcing early screenings, so you can go see early screenings. But anyway, here's my interview with Marcus Acree, Robert Picardo, and Mira Furley. Paul Preston here with TheMovieGuys.net, talking to Mark Zickery, for the director and writer of Space Command. I remember first hearing about this film when a national search went out looking for actors because uh, all of us here on the show are actors as well so we saw that fly by our, our mailbox and it seems you have found who you want. Tell us what the project is. Yes, well Space Command is a series of big science fiction films uh, that covers 150 years in a future chronology. It's five generations of three families as we go out into space colonize the solar system and jump to the stars. So it's this big epic science fiction story and uh, you know having written for Star Trek The Next Generation and Deep Space Nine and Babylon 5 and a lot of these great iconic science fiction shows uh, and growing up of course with Star Trek and Twilight Zone and Outer Limits uh, I wanted to really explore a big 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 canvas but tell it through through these families these, these uh, um, different uh, you know so we get to meet 
parents, children, grandchildren, great grandchildren, and so forth. And it's it's a, it's a, it's a it's really a lot of fun. I'm having a great time. Yeah, I noticed that when Space Command first started, it was Space Command. Now it's Space Command Redemption, yes. thus leading itself to being a series of yes. films. Yes. How does Redemption play into the title and the story? Well, basically, um, Space Command is a hopeful vision of the future. It's not dystopic. It's not hopeless. It's not nihilistic. And I like that, by yes. the way. And it is does seem refreshing because, man, there is a lot of just dystopian future movies right. out there. And, and, and I think that, I, for me, many of my friends are showrunners, and I know a lot of big A-list screenwriters, and, and it's always very ironic to me that they're writing these very hopeless, dark stories, and then they go home to their mansions, and they, they have their families, and they're taking their kids to soccer practice. It's like, well, why aren't there lives where, where love and loyalty and honor have such weight, and success has such weight? Why, aren't, why isn't that showing up in their work? And I don't mean to tell anyone what they should be writing, but for myself... You know, compassion is a counterweight to the darkness, and it's real. And and I think there's, that exists in the future as much as it is, exists in the present. So I grew up with Star Trek, and Star Trek went on to inspire a lot of people. And it was done during the Vietnam War. And, you know, so you had the moon landing and the Vietnam War at the same time. You know, and you had the Cold War. And so, so as we live our lives, there's darkness and light in equal measure, you know. So... Um, so that's what I'm what I'm doing with, with with Space Command, but it has grown as a project. It started as one film, and now it's six. Wait, and redemption means then what to the plot? Well, to, to, yes, either, I, I should actually answer the question you <laughs> asked, shouldn't I, Paul? And uh, the um, I'm. No, I love the, your passion, by the way, about, about why you chose to make the story you made instead Thank of just, like, giant bugs kill everybody and yeah. there's ten people left. Well, I, you know, well, Rod Serling, I, you know, I wrote The Twilight Zone Companion, and Rod said that, you, that, that a single episode of a single TV show can change someone's life for the better forever, you know. And, uh, and I, I take that responsibility very, very seriously. So Redemption, you have characters. The, the issue in the first episode is about... <laughs> Where do you draw the line? Uh, you know, you don't just accept that you're the good guy because you know you, there's the assumption that you're on the side of the good guys. There comes various points in your life where you have to say, wait, wait a minute, are the actions I'm taking are these actions moral, and am I on the right side? And when you come to that crossroads, even if it costs you your own career or other very important things in your life, if you're going to do what's right, you have to take the hard choice and you have to stand up for what's right. And so redemption is about various characters redeeming themselves and finding belonging and finding compassion and finding meaning and finding courage in the challenge of the story. And, uh, you know, we start with an act of courage because there's a, a mining... Well, the, our hero, Captain Jack Kemmer, he's under orders, uh, and Mira, if, if he follows his orders, Mira Ferlin and her daughter are going to die in it because their, their ship is going to burn up in the atmosphere. And his commander is saying, it's too dangerous for us to rescue them. We'll just report, report, report on the de debris field. And he disobeys orders and saves them. And as a result, he gets promoted to captaincy of his first ship, but the, his commander, he doesn't rat out his commander, so that guy gets booted up the chain of command too. And he goes home to pick up the ship, and back to Earth, he's in, on, stationed on Mars, and his dad, whose career military, says, you, you were a coward, you weren't a hero, you were a coward, because you should have burnt your own career to the ground and ratted that guy out, because he shouldn't be commanding anything, anybody. And, and so the entire story is about Captain Jack Kemmer reaching a point of decision where he has to make the hard choice and the right choice, and what, that, what the cost is going to be. And so that's that's what the story's about. That's why it's called Redemption. Now, was the goal to have actors from all these various iconic franchises? We got Doug, obviously, from Hellboy and yes. uh, Del, Del Toro World. We yes. got Robert Picardo from the Star Trek world. And we have Mira from Lost. And bringing them all together, Babylon 5, of course, bringing them all together, your goal, right? Well, it's funny. I, I just wrote a book with Guillermo Del Toro called Guillermo Del Toro's Cabin of Curiosities. And, and I was talking to Guillermo, and it's very funny because we're sharing Doug Jones because Doug is in the strain in Crimson Peak, and then he comes, flies back from Toronto to be in Space Command. And... Uh, 
I'm, I'm using these iconic actors because they're great. That's the reason. They're yeah, wonderful. Right, no kidding. Well, that phenomenal. too. Phenomenal. I mean, I wrote for Babylon 5, and I met Mira there, and, and the moment I met her, I wanted to work with her again. And uh, Bill Mumy, I've known since I was a kid. I was One, one day, I was I, when Lost in Space was on, I was homesick, and I was in my pajamas, and I decided to pull out the phone book and call the stars of Lost in Space. And, of course, most of the names weren't the real guys, but I got his mom on the phone, and there was only one Mumy in the phone book, and I said, is Billy there? And he came to the phone, and I, I was so, so nervous, I just said... Uh, I blurted out, will you be my friend, and hung up, but then I called him back. And when I was well, my mom took me over to his house and we traded comics, and so I've known him ever since then, and so it's, it's fun to be working with him on Space Command. So these are just actors I've, I, I love working with. Armin Shimmerman's going to be a, in a later episode, um, Ethan Phillips, uh, Dean Haglund from X-Files. I mean, these are actors. Mike Harney, who stars in Orange is the New Black, is another friend. He's going to be playing Ethan's dad. We haven't shot that scene yet. We'll be shooting it in a few weeks, but... Um, you know, it's great. And I, I'm also so thrilled. You know, the Kickstarter campaign, the fans showed up and, and, and underwrote us. And, and since then, I've been selling investment shares in Space Command, and the, and the fans have been buying those to keep us going financially. And I could, I could go tomorrow and go to a network or go to a studio and maybe get a deal, but why do that when the f I trust my fans, I trust their aesthetic, they're, they're my partners in this, and I prefer that. Because they're they're not looking for the bottom line. They're not looking for what's going to make money for you know whoever the corporate parent is. You know, you, and you you know you never watch a show or a movie because it's financially successful. You watch it because it's entertaining and moves you. You know, and I and I trust that aesthetic and that taste much more than than the guys in the corporate towers. Uh, we're here with Mira Furlan, uh, who is also in Space Command. My f my first question is this: You were from the former Yugoslavia, mm -hmm. and. You were in a whole bunch of films whose titles I can't pronounce. Were they sci-fi? Because you ended up in the sci-fi career. Were you also in sci-fi career when you lived in Europe? No, I, I no. no. I was so far from sci-fi you can't imagine. Um, sci-fi happened to me in America and, and opened a whole new world, you know, that I didn't know existed. You know, I didn't know that conventions existed, that this whole world of fandom existed and so on. So... Um, I really uh, fell into it, almost by chance. <laughs> but um, this, you know, I always say, I always tell fans at conventions that story that um, at my first convention in my life, you know, I was telling what happened and how we had to leave and so on and so forth, the dr dramatic story of, of my um, leaving the country, of my birth. And uh, then somebody from the audience screamed, welcome to the family, you know, and I mean, it meant so much to me at the time, and it still does, uh, because I lost my family, my wider family, you know, by leaving your country, that's what happens, you know, and I needed a new one, and uh, I got it. I got it. Yeah, these are, these are pretty loyal and sometimes rabid fans. Yeah. Hi, Paul Preston here with the Movie Guys with Robert Picardo talking about Space Command, who's been doing the junket thing all day. Robert, any questions you're sick of? Any questions I'm sick of? Yes. Um, uh, what was it like playing an artificial intelligence on Star Trek? I think I've had that, because it's like, uh, well, it's the only artificial intelligence I've played, so I can't compare it to playing an artificial intelligence on something else. Uh, but uh, and it was seven years of playing an artificial intelligence. So what was it like? What on Thursday, April twenty seventh, nineteen ninety seven? Thinking more May. Which, how was May for you? 
Uh, May was, yeah. May was, uh, May was better. It was a quality. May was a quality month for artificial intelligences on the Star Trek. But since you've asked the question... Oh, yes, since, yes. Since I asked you to ask the question, um, what made this particular project, um, uh, Space Command Redemption, interesting was that I was not the artificial intelligence this time. I was the guy who worked with the artificial intelligence. So I got to deal with some of the same issues of what... Um, what constitutes an individual? What what an individual? When does an artificial intelligence deserve the um, the name of being a, uh, a sentient being, a consciousness, an individual with with actual rights? In how 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 far along do you bring an artificial being before before he should be accorded the rights of an individual? So all of those same discussions that I was on one side of the table for on Star Trek, suddenly I'm on the other side of the table, working with the incredible Doug Jones. Playing the uh, the synthetic um, uh, being uh, in in Redemption, and uh, so I, it, it was it was gratifying to work with an actor I've I've long admired, but also to 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 see these questions you know through the other side. And uh, we ask this question of every guest we get to talk to on our show: What is your favorite movie of all time? Oh man, wow. and that's usually people's response because it's tough to whittle it down. I would say A Hard Day's Night, which I'm delighted they just reissued. 50th anniversary. I've seen it nine times. By the time I was 15, I had seen it nine times. So I've still seen nothing more than any other movie, and I'm sorry that I haven't made it yet to the theater. I, I hope I, I'd like to see it again on the big screen, but I'll definitely buy the reissue package. I already had it on DVD, but I'll get the new one. We have a little something on our show called Movie Jail. If there's a great movie that you've never seen, you're in movie jail for it. Like High Noon, never saw it. I'm going to movie jail for that. Some people haven't seen Shawshank Redemption or Dr. Strangelove or whatever. I haven't seen A Hard Day's Night. Do I I go to movie jail? Yeah, you just go see A Hard Day's Night. I'll let you out of jail. And you'll you'll be totally delighted. I mean, it's a very, it's way ahead of its time. Beautifully directed. Richard Lester, really smart man. Um, totally improvisational and feeling. The music, of course, is great. They are so. It's such a tribute to youth and vitality and music and adventure, and it's just great. So beyond the, the yeah. girls screaming and them running, there's like a goofy plot or something. Yeah, it's a goofy plot. It doesn't matter. The plot doesn't matter. It's just it's the spirit and the way it's shot and the energy of it and the you know it's it's great. But I also have. I mean. Let me just say, by the way, that only the Beatles could get away with the plot doesn't matter. And they totally can, can, and they They do. totally can. I'm going to pick one more movie just for the hell of it. Um, uh, Some Like It Hot with my friend Jack Lemmon. Was there anybody better? Yeah. Well, you know, I spent a year with him as a young actor. I I played his son on Broadway. That's what brought me to California. So if I could wish an experience for any 24-year-old actor to spend a year around Jack Lemmon... um, would, would, there's nothing better than that. So that was uh, that that, that kind of spoiled me for the rest of my life. But uh, you know, he was he'd been a he'd been a movie star at that point for over 25 years, and he could not have been more gracious. And that is acting school, no doubt. <laughs> All right, well, Robert, thank you very much. Uh, Space Command. When it comes out, you can look forward to seeing Robert on the other side of the synthetic and artificial intelligence world. Absolutely. Thanks. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Thanks, Paul. Thank you, sir. Okay. Mm, that was oh, good. Was it? Wow. Yeah. The Jamie. way you talked yes. during that mm. thing with the you know, words. I really liked it because now I know so much more about him. Mm. Yeah. The, the guy. I the guy to. you talked to. 
Yeah. <laughs> oh, one quick shout out as well. Uh, something called Mordroud.com. M O R D R A U D. I'm wearing their t shirt. This is a. Oh, that's gorgeous. I know. This is a short film and that's a cool. novel. Here's the deal. I've seen Karen took the good computer with her up to Sonora. So I had the crap computer and I needed to upload our show last Wednesday to SoundCloud. <clears throat> and I had no way to do it. Oh, that's right. So these guys were sitting around a table. I said, you guys get Wi-Fi on the computer. Can I can I upload my show just real quick? I swear I'm not putting a virus on your computer or anything. Turns out they were Italian. Super cool. I got to tell them all <laughs> the crazy stories about going to uh, Italy. And, you know, I brought the Google Italy. Translate trying to, you know, they didn't Makes speak very much everything. English. So a couple guys did in this yeah. group, so which was good because we got Wait, everything where taken was this, care of. Restaurant this was, was during Comic Con. This was the Hotel Circle oh. Comfort Inn. Yeah, oh. we were at Comic Con, and they have a table for their product called Mordroud. And Mordroud, they said there's a book and everything. So I went to their table, and it's not a book; it's, it's like a, a novel. Guy. It's like this big. And the guy wrote a novel, and they made a short film, which I can't wait to watch. But I wanted to give them a shout out because they helped me get oh, the show cool. on the air last week. That's, That's awesome. very cool. Yeah, so Mordroud.com, an Italian fantasy D-R-O-U-D? saga. D-R-O-U-D? Mordroud? Yeah, Mordroud. Like, I said, like, like Smaug? Yes. Yeah. Will that be in the uh, show notes? Like Mordred, but Mordroud. Yes. yes. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, and it's a 22-minute short, so I can't wait to watch it. Um, and that's what that's they're... bordering that's what on they're a pushing. long. So. <laughs> but uh, real quick, let's get to... Uncle, Uncle Adam came to the show. What did you see this week? Is that Tenacious D? Right? Yes, yes, I like this is mainly what did Karen see the last yeah, two months? Yeah, seriously. What do you got, Karen? All right, so I wrote it all down so it wouldn't take forever. <laughs> First of all, I have to say that I, you were right about Tom Cruise being the most Tom Cruisiest. The best. He was amazing. I loved Edge of Tomorrow. So I went to the theater a lot by myself. My friend Paul went to this one with me. And I loved the whole Tom Cruise as Phil Connors. The whole, oh, um, it was excellent. That I was thought it was movie, amazing, yeah. and I also remember just sitting there watching so Tom good. Cruise at the beginning, going, "God, he's sort of bad at being Tom Cruise. This is really weird." But then, as he got more Tom Cruiseier, he became the best at Tom Cruise ever. Yeah. Yeah. In that movie, he's the best at Tom Cruise. I have yeah. yet to see, see somebody it. do you, Tom Cruise better. Yeah, <laughs> he kicked it halfway through that film. Right into Tom, Tom Cruise. Cruise kicked in. When yeah. did yeah. that happen? It was yeah. great. And by the uh, end, it was just oozing Tom, Tom Cruise. Cruise. Yeah, you didn't even need to. You, I didn't even yeah. need to see the end of the film because there was so much so Tom, Tom Cruise, Cruise. It was just I know it's going to happen. He's hanging off the side of the ship, movie. shooting, and he's kicking aliens Holy away with his shit. feet. And, oh, he's so bad. And I don't even know. I mean, I I guess I'm learning about myself, but I was like watching the movie, going. I love what's happening. Mm-hmm. Who am I? I was just confused by who I was. And, and, and yeah, on top of other so things, it was just a great film and a great, great premise. And he carried it off beautifully. And there's time. Yeah, anything with movie. time stuff, it can get kind of I, a premise that could can easily come, fall apart. It, yeah. could have, yeah. it really yeah. could have. But they both did a great I, job. That was great. Uh, I will go right through this. Jersey Boys. Love Jersey Boys. Mm. Loved the ending when they all did the little song and dance. And I got to watch Christopher Walken's dance around. I thought that was a great movie. Why do you think that film didn't do that well? Is it just timing or timing? I think so. I think he put that out in the holidays and pretended some awards fodder and people look at it differently. And then if they're told how to look at it, they might like it more. I really loved it. Because it went... I know. Such a shame. It's better than they say. Uh, Oh, I'm sure. We said earlier, Guardians of the Galaxy, I saw the 18-minute preview, lost my mind. Sweet. It's going to be so good. And I still see... And I'm sold on IMAX 3D for that, Oh, me too. I'll pay whatever. Yeah, Yeah, go see it. It was worth it. Then, those are the... Oh, then Magic in the Moonlight. I saw that. It's a Colin Firth movie. And I was so happy because there's so many things going on. One, it was a Woody Allen movie that I really liked. Oh, that's a new one. New one, yeah. Yeah. And two, Colin Firth was cute again. 
Which I'm a big fan of that. Very yummy. And he was just adorable. Mm. And have you seen it yet? Oh, my God. It's your, gonna... your feet are slapping. Oh, it's so cute in this movie. And it's a, mm. it's one of these movies that I could not get ahead of it. And things happened. And you just went, shut up. What? And so, yeah, stay with Wow, that movie does some turns. It's really exciting. So in an interview, he said there were a lot of words he had to speak. He said it was the <laughs> most dialogue he's ever had in a film. You know, I believe it because he played a very intelligent, on top of his game kind of guy who was the expert at what he was doing. Mm-hmm. And then he had to find a fraud. So he had to always be the one probing. Oh, that sounds a dirty. Colin Firth was but probing. He, he's a magician, right? This is like uh, in the era of like... Illusionist. Uh, Illusionist. Yeah. Okay. How many, how many screenplays so have we written here at this table? Oh, my God. Um, Woody Allen's written one every, every year for 40 year. years. And, <laughs> so good. and then those are the movies that I really loved and I'm excited about. Well. Then my blahs, as I called them, were Donna, the Planet of the Apes, where halfway through I had to turn in my friend who was playing my sister in the play and go, is this really happening? What is This is awful, right? And she's minute, like, Karen. I think this is awful. Dawn? Wow. Of the Planet of the Apes? Yes. I thought you said Donna, the Planet of the Apes. That, that, might that movie I want to see. I want to Donna. see that. Donna, Donna Planet, Planet of the Apes. Donna, colon, Planet of the Apes. Um, here's the only thing that I, I guess I could put into words. I just could not handle the John McClane monkey riding the horses with <gasps> guns blazing moment. I, I, you know what I mean? Did he say yeah, someone should have let you know the rapes in the movie because that's well they put that up front. No, no, no. I was loving the first movie where there was a lot more James Franco in the ape. I uh, loved all that. Mm, this one was. Did you tell the difference? This one was Caesar. I loved him. <laughs> I loved Caesar, and then the other apes. I was like, well. So what? you didn't like monkeys on horses? I didn't like the whole like guns blared back lit uh, with the flames. That was so stupid. Because I once saw a guy with... that will be iconic or goofy. That was goofy. Come on. What about, what about the Optimus Prime on a Dinobot? Is that cool? Um, I don't know. I didn't see that. Okay. That would have been good. <laughs> uh, right up there with Guns Blazing with Tammy, which was a huge <gasps> disappointment. Yes, but she was still funny, right? She was still funny. Yeah, there, that's it, why you see the bummer. movie. I think it wasn't her fault. I think the casting was bad on Susan Sarandon's part. They, she is not someone's old grandmother. Not yet. She Not will yet. be someday. No. Who should who should have been in that role? You know, like Kathy a, Bates. Kathy Bates. Who was Kathy well, it's Hollywood. Bates, they even no. have to cast young for old women, right? You know, right. The thing is, it needed to have like a Betty White, but I think she <gasps> might be too frail. Oh, yeah. But she would have been great. But Kathy Bates comes in in that movie and finally fixes it for a couple of seconds, and I realized that's when I think I went, "Oh shit." This could be a good movie if it was just about Kathy Bates and Tammy. Go away, Baton. And I have to say that Mr. McCarthy, Mr. Melissa McCarthy is not funny in that movie. It, it, in the way that Vince Vaughn is not funny in The Watch. Because mm-hmm. like we've yeah. talked about how hard he has to work in that movie. Yeah, Melissa McCarthy like has to work really so hard in Tammy. But isn't she this, comes off not no funny, jokes, and sadly, just, just because it, the odds are against her. Wasn't this the one directed by her husband? Yeah. yeah. That's, that doesn't bode What well. would the love guru say about Tammy? <laughs> 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 that so movie was a piece of crap. <laughs> I assume I, you're but, right. But I, I assume like, that's what he sounds like. I, yeah. I, I, I don't know. Like He's <laughs> I, I, I like, yes, you don't know, so that's a great part. Yeah. I'm <laughs> totally free to say whatever. I, I also am. saw Snow <laughs> Piesa. Nice. No, um, uh, I gotta tell you, I usually hate it when the air conditioning is on too high in a movie, but it worked for this one because it made me feel like it was actually oh, there, that's good. and it kept me awake. <laughs> <laughs> Horrible movie. Really? Oh my god! It's a bunch of fighting on a train. How boring could it be? You know what? I didn't like it either. Say that again and oh, yeah. uh, ask that question again. <laughs> hear, hear yourself ask that question. It's a bunch of monotonous fighting, fighting on, on a train. train. It really is. Oh. And from what I'm told, <laughs> it, I was told that uh, there was going to be 
a I'm different told cut of it. Like it's a, it's a Korean by. film, right? It's a Korean oh, film. like a bloody I, Korean film, like an X-rated version uh, or something? Yeah, I was told there might be a different version of it, but I, something about um, uh, Harvey Weinstein put this out as it was, I think. And I was hoping there was stuff cut out of it. Mm. But, uh, but hey, at wasn't. least it gave us the hit song Snowpiercer. Snow One, two, three. Snowpiercer! Now those are the movies that I he saw. Loves only snow. <laughs> those are the movies I saw in the theater, but since it was a very very uh there was a lot of time, I had time to watch things on video too. I revisited Funny Farm because I actually that's the movie. one movie. Oh, great rewatch. Actually. I actually walked out of that one in the theater. Why? I, I was I went dissatisfied to a, as well. I just didn't like it. As, it didn't move fast enough for me when I was like a kid. Great, and it's but still in retrospect, really good, right? Oh it, no, you, you know don't what? like it. In, you don't I like liked it, it. I liked parts of it so much, but in between, it was a little slow moving. But I think the thing I loved most was Madeline Smith Osborne, who played his wife. In one scene, she's gardening when she finds the body, yeah. and she has her legs spread open, and they have the camera going right up her shorts, and you see all sorts of business, and it's sexy as hell. Business? Oh. Yeah. Revisit the scene where she wow. is gardening. Okay, because she's hot. Holy shit. I was sitting there with Ben and Paul, and we're all like, why is she doing total crotch shot? It's so sexy. Wow. Mm. The greatest Crazy. line in that film, yes. the definitive line is, cue the deer. Cue, cue the deer. <laughs> uh, so I have a, tr- a trivia Yellow question. Yellow dog doesn't even know what town he's in. All right, so you Yellow got dog. Yellow Dog, right? What was the other dog's name? They, they didn't get to name yeah. him. He, he just ran. I love them trying to yell after him. Dog! Hey! That maybe actually almost fell off the couch. I revisited. I watched Iron Lady. Don't watch that. Not so good. Oh, that's now that's the woman... She's a uh, arm salesman, and then to fight crime, right? I would watch she that. Puts the yeah. heart, yeah. yeah. The exactly. misstep people always thought Marvel was going to have. I uh, rewatched. <laughs> I was moving into the the uh, trailer where I was staying, and I needed to hook up the TV to the DVD player. Watch a little Ghostbusters. You can't go wrong there. Nope. In uh, theaters. In, it's going to be coming out. Oh, so yeah. uh, Captain mm-hmm. Phillips. Even better the second time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very good. Mm-hmm. And then I watched the Grand Budapest Hotel. A giant comforter hug. I love that. It was uh, so fucking good. That is a comforter hug of a movie, isn't it? <gasps> Such a good movie. And of course, Wait, Bill is Murray. that out already? Is it? On video? Yeah. Oh, it was on Netflix. Like, there was a theaters in March. In Netflix? Yeah, we were watching that. Mm-hmm. I, I need to find a Wes Anderson box set. I think I only own like I know. two movies. I need to, and I, I want to watch Royal Tannenbaums I've wanted to watch for like five years. I'm like, I got to watch that again. Why is the making of it? So it is, the making of Royal Tannenbaums is amazing. And then the last thing I watched, which is so bizarre, we uh, for some reason, because when you're alone out in the sticks, you start to believe in aliens a lot. I <laughs> was really kind of every time I'd go somewhere alone, there's just stars everywhere. I'm like, I'm going to be abducted by aliens. Because that's what's going to happen in Sonora. So I started talking about that, and my friend goes, "Oh, you have to watch the fourth kind." This Mila Jovovich. I've heard Do you remember of this. that? Two thousand nine. Fourth kind. Yes, we did All jokes right. about this. It's like this. a so, sequel to Third Kind. Close well, Encounters. I looked it up because the deal is yeah. the, there's different encounters whenever you're dealing with aliens, and so the first kind is a sighting if you yep. see a little spaceship. Mm-hmm. The second kind is when there's actual evidence, like a wreckage from a spaceship mm-hmm. or like Happens alien bodies. Crop circle, crap circle. Crap circle, sure. Third 
is when you have contact. Mm. So whenever we had close encounters of the third kind, that was contact or the aliens. I'm telling you, I had a lot of free time. Like a movie contact. And uh, yes, <laughs> and then the fourth kind is when they abduct you. <gasps> probing. There's probing in the and fourth kind. Probing. Do they probe Mila Jovovich? I can buy I, I think that. <laughs> Thank you, it love guru. <laughs> Karen just wandered through the night. It's, it's, it's all namaste. We're all one. We just want to put their finger <laughs> in your hand. I I was all excited because as I was watching it, they talk about actual footage and there's alien abductions and there's this woman who looks like an alien and she's all gaunt. And so then today when I was doing research on Wait, the Wait, Jovovich? Is that what you're oh, talking about? No, she plays oh, okay. her. No. She sexes it up a little bit. Yeah, they combine she makes it her with hot. So she's all footage. gaunt. All right, so here's the thing I found out today. The documentary footage is all bullshit. <gasps> that it's makes it better, right? Bullshit. It fooled no, you. No, I oh, wanted it, it to better. be real. If it fools you, that makes it better. It was all bullshit. It's just a fakey movie. They didn't even have a good website Blair presence. Witch, modern Blair Witch. Yeah, boo. All right, our show is ending <laughs> once again you, with the uh, great Karen's Birthdays, oh, a segment goodness. of the show where we celebrate <laughs> the birthdays of those who make the movies. <laughs> Take it away, Karen. All right, so let's start off our months of birthdays by wishing a very happy birthday to some of my favorite people from the last two months. Oh, it was that's right. Adam's idea, months. and I thought that was smart. <laughs> So first up, let's wish a happy birthday to Mr. Liam Neeson, who turns 62, mm. but can play anywhere from six foot four to ten inches. Ah! Yes, he was rumored mm. to be hung mm. like an Evian bottle. Yeah, you yeah. can't do anything with that, though. Mm. Well, yeah. I, I guess. Oh, I guess. <laughs> I heard his dick is so big it can it only plays stadium. It's huge. Ooh, I love it. It's the it's most bad. colossal <laughs> cock I've ever seen. <laughs> I'm not into cock myself, but it's the most spectacular, <laughs> humongous penis. Did you put your name on it? Absolutely. <laughs> Just expand on the side, Trump. When I was watching for Donald Trump, I think. While I was watching Snowpiercer, I kept hoping that Liam Neeson would just show up for some reason and just save us from this terrible movie. I decided that there should be a law that if Liam Neeson, he has to be in all action movies or else you don't have to pay full price. So if Liam Neeson is in it, you pay eleven fifty and you love it. But if he's not in there, you only pay six twenty-five. I like that. <laughs> I don't know why it's cold. <laughs> also, next up, let's wish a happy birthday to everyone's favorite live-action animated character, Johnny Depp, who hey. turns fifty-one but can play anywhere from slightly Jesus. confused. I know fifty-one, right? From slightly confused to full-on, what the hell is wrong with him? He should have a court appointed a guardian. We all know um, Jonathan from his work as Edward Scissorhands and the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. But mm -hmm. now I have a game for all of you. What? Astronaut's wife. <laughs> Close. Sorry, Nick of time. What movies, did <laughs> he, what movies did he turn down? So here's how the game's going to be played. Uh -huh. I will list an actor. Nick of time. He turned in that. Who became famous. Still did it. American Gigolo. Because he played a role that Mr. Depp turned down, Ooh. and it shot them to superstardom. Some of these people were around a little bit Hugh before. Jackman. I was going to say Wolverine. <laughs> Colin, gotta be Colin Farrell. All right. So first off, Hugh Jackman and Wolverine. Perfect. Now. Is that true? Yes. What? No. Yes. What? No, Wait, you guys not are right. Depp. Yeah. Before that other dude got the part. Really? Shut up. Wow. All right. So that's what my this, research said. Here we are, wise so, assing. And I know. You're nailing it. So here's one. Kiana Cool Breeze Reeves. What movie did he, What's Johnny Depp, turn down? Oh, it's got to be The Matrix. They offered that to everybody. Nope. Everybody's supposedly Go back to be before in the Matrix. That. Parenthood. Point break. No, not that far back. Parenthood. Oh, uh, forget, Speed. It made him. Speed. Yes. It made him. Oh. Isn't that amazing? And this is not the only movie that, I mean, it's crazy. Johnny Depp turns it down. Someone else does it. Right to fame. Brad Pitt. What Brad Fight Pitt Club? movie? 
And it's a long time ago, little part. Then what, he just what was it Thelma and Louise. Yes, Thelma. What? And oh. Johnny yes. Depp is a Thelma. small role. It's I know, and he turned it yeah, down. Yeah, for a TV star at that time. And then I have Hugh Jackman, which was Wolverine. And then now Leonardo DiCaprio was already a little famous, but what movie shot him to superstardom that we could have had uh, Titanic? Yeah. Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp turned down Titanic. And Can you he, imagine the character he, he was getting this? I the internet. The it's internet. He was quoted by Howard Stern as saying that he labored through the script of Titanic and decided not to do it, much as I labored through the damn Titanic movie myself. Give it a good what? Go, though. Ugh. It's a boat. It hits. It's an iceberg. It sinks. Yeah. It's like, was it that difficult? Easy, now, easy. he's a man in love with Titanic. I'm a milt. I love that. I'm, I'm a love total milt. <laughs> total milt. And a very happy birthday to everyone's favorite conehead, Mr. Dan Aykroyd, who turned 62 but can play anywhere from Julia Child to a male prostitute. <gasps> Julia Child. Fred Garvin. Fred Garvin. Oh. Male, male prostitute. This week, we'll be starting, he'll be starring in Get On Up as Jane Brown's manager. And recently, as far as just a week ago, so it's very recent, he was asked about rumors of Ghostbusters 3. And I have a clip here from a morning show where he talked about Ghostbusters 3. And I'm very excited. These are the most worthless. Right? Pretend I play it. Oh, I, I see. forgot it. Oh, then I have to tell you What's that he, he basically says, um, "Yeah, some people are thinking it will be early next year." I guess. But he says that once a year. Yeah, and he, he literally said says that once a year. The thing is, he said it with no energy and no yeah. belief. He doesn't even believe it anymore. He doesn't even know what's happening. I, I tweeted on the movie guys. It wasn't convincing or, at all. But. Uh, that uh, Dan Aykroyd will be releasing his next rumor about the shooting of Ghostbusters 3 next summer. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. And lastly, I want to wish a very, very, very happy birthday to, as I was saying, one of my new favorite comedic actors of all time, Mr. Ricky Gervais, who turns 53 but can play anywhere from a sharp-tongued Emmy host to the world's sweetest mentally challenged worker at an elderly home care in Derek. Mm, also the office. It's like The Office only... I said also The Office. Oh, he's it's great in The Office. <laughs> but I, Derek is up for Emmy consideration it's right now. It's very sweet. It's really sweet. I yeah. cry all the time when I watch it. It makes you cry. It makes you cry. But anyway, uh, the thing I love about him is that I didn't know much about him except, of course, when there was all the controversy with him being the host. And then I watched a little bit of The Office, but I'm more of a Steve Carell office lady myself. But I always thought that George Michael and Ricky Gervais looked a lot alike. And so I was watching an episode of The Extras, which I fell in love with, and George Michael sits down on a bench, a gay bench, right next to him, and they look a lot alike. And mm -hmm. I thought, oh my God, they totally do. And then guess what? Today is their birthday, and they share the same birthday. Oh. Um, they're sort of twins, and it's sort of amazing. Little known fact about Ricky Gervais. Yes. He's British. <laughs> you, you, can't, you, were here, you can't tell because he has nice teeth. That's right. right? Now he does. Yeah. <laughs> teeth three off. So I want to say that because I am in love now with Ricky Gervais, I want to say he's my new boyfriend, and he looks a lot like one of my first boyfriends, Mr. George Michael. And Lee, mm. you know how much I love celebrity singing. People ask me all the time, what are two George things George Michael about has Karen? a song? <laughs> That's the craziest celebrity thing. I gotta what, hear this. What are the two things that you tell them? I always tell Karen actually has a British accent that yeah, she hides. I hide it. And two, she loves when celebrities sing. I do. And so because George Michael's a singer, I thought we'd have one of my favorite ever all-time songs to go out on. And feel free to bop along. You mean George Michael from Rest of Development. Okay. No. But I do like that George Michael, too. I defy you not to enjoy this song. It's not possible. I've already lost. <laughs> no, That's right. No, you weren't supposed to at the time. Wham! You weren't supposed to I like him in high school. It. No. I was sure he was going to marry me, and he wasn't gay. 
My brothers used to be like, are you kidding? Of course, my brothers were into Ozzy Osbourne. Well said. Uh, that, uh, that wraps another movie showcast, everybody. Follow us on Twitter at The Movie Guys, on Facebook.com slash The Movie Guys, as well as YouTube, iTunes, SoundCloud, Vine, Instagram, LinkedIn, all that shit. Wake me up. Thanks oh, to John D. Domenico. Oh, thank you. John, where can people yeah. find your madness? JohnnyD.net? Uh, JohnnyD.net, and I'm at uh, JohnnyD23 on Twitter. Ah, uh, 22 other guys beat you, huh? <laughs> 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 so true. Yeah, Gotta be fast. My website, JohnnyD.net, is the best way to get me. <laughs> also, thanks to Jamie Clark Yelvington yeah, for minding hey. the board. Woo! And mending our hearts. Aww. And to Steve Schultz for his writing contributions to the show every week. And remember, you can always find everything we're up to at themovieguys.net. We'll be back ne- uh, back next what week with Lou Temple, Lou Walking Temple. Dead, and our special guest. And no doubt we'll be talking about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Heroes in a half shell. Turtle power. Goodbye. Goodbye.